you know, I've had worse years. I've had worse years going into this. <laughs> That's the best I can think of. I think that 2020 might be the worst year that we've had since we started the show. And that's not even because that's sort of when the pandemic hit. Mm. It just felt like a lot of stuff was going wrong that year. But I remember last year we were like, you know what? All things considered, it, it's not a great year for a lot of people, but it's a good year for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of on that same train. Yeah. That's kind of been the weirdest part about all of, you know, kind of getting through this year is we, it didn't really seem like it petered out any harder or anything in particular. It just, it's things are still like, rough in a lot of parts of the world you know ours included obviously for various reasons um but nothing ever really kind of it didn't feel like the bottom fell out of anything in particular which is pretty nice um which you know knock on wood for that shit but you know um (laughs) yeah it's just it's been a varied year at least for me like i moved to another state a good third of the country away um you know just been doing my whole thing just going to a different place living with my you know romantic partner now and so it's different that's for damn sure but it's just it's weird if anything it feels like more i've been doing more in the last few weeks than i have for the majority of the rest of the year minus moving yeah yeah i can see that like i mean I think, pretty upheaval sort of year yeah like i went home for thanksgiving my girlfriend and i we just went to new york for a weekend um so that was pretty fun but also a lot and now i'm actually like building a new social circle finally now here and it's like oh this is working out shockingly well because normally when I try to set up friend circles on my own, it usually doesn't happen or I meet some of the creepiest people on earth. Uh, um, <laughs> that, that's at least been my experience here because I've kind of, I've gone to the um, trick of using, well, well, you know, for, you know, like no dancing, of using dating apps essentially to be like, hey, I'm here. I'm literally not looking for anything romantic. I want to talk and hang out with people. And that sometimes works out it's nice because you get a lot of stuff about people immediately like you know political standings and like general kind of vibes about that person kind of right off the bat um but as it stands i've so far had one six true success with this so uh, um it's been a colossally good success because i made friends with this person and then they introduced me to their friends and now i'm friends with all of them so it's like oh cool just just swooped right on in it's pretty nice um so that's you know I, I i went from i have not left my house hardly at all to i've literally hung out with these people twice in the last week and i'm going to be doing it again tomorrow so it's like oh well then oh nice so yeah it's like everything was it. just back if back ended for the year for me which is typical sometimes but this is weird mm. well i'm glad that that's working out <laughs> yeah sorry well as you can tell it's been a bit of a few weeks for me my brain is a little scattered so i apologize people Welcome to the end of your no, chat. That's all, right. <laughs> that's all right. That's the kind of stuff people expect from a very... It, it, I mean, the show's kind of structured, but uh, very okay. only in the loosest of terms. Yeah. So, you know, it's if you're, if you're here for anything other than us rambling, I don't know why you're still here. End of year? Oh, wait, they're not covering the movie I wanted. Like, okay, yeah, that's, sorry. Don't know what to tell you. Like, we're going to have plenty to cover next year, I promise you. I'm going to lose my mind, I swear. I, yeah, I already got mine put together because I'm a maniac who does things like that. And, you know, if I'm bored at work and I'm like building something, I'm like, okay, well, uh, what, what do I want to talk about next year? So I already have all of mine lined up. I have hopefully a very fun one for the top of the year, uh, not space jam levels. Um, cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. I I am looking forward to next year in some respects and Hey, we're getting Mario and we usually don't talk about like what we're doing as we're doing it, with the exception of Dune, which failed, but we're doing no. Mario next year. It, it's it's one of my it's it's one of mine. We're gonna do it. Oh, that's gonna be what are we what are we gonna be comparing it to? The Super Mario Brothers movie with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Okay, fair enough. 
that came out in 88, 89. I don't know that off the top of my head, but. Okay. Fair enough. That's going to be a weird one. That might be one of the weirdest ones we've ever done. It'll be, it'll be strange, but I'm looking forward to it. I was like, yeah, we might as well. We're both going to be seeing that new movie anyways. I mean, yeah. Whether it's in theaters or on DVD. Yeah. Yeah. Digital, whatever. I might pay for a ticket to go see something else and then go into it. Because, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I do. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, yeah, that's neither here nor there, I guess. I, I feel like I'm, I'm already losing structure. I guess it feels like um, <laughs> if there's well, like any. What we... Sorry, go on. Oh, no, just I'll let you go. You, you tend to be the better ringleader for this sort of for this sort of setup. Oh, well, I mean, th this is sort of what we talk about anyways, and it's sort of what we, we kick off the show with on years that we don't rant about Marvel or Nostalgia Critic or whatever that other end of year we rambled on at the beginning about. Like, Ernest we're talking Klein. about the podcast and things uh, we're doing. And Ernest Klein, mate, we, we did for a while. Oh, we did do Ernest Klein, that's right. No. But um, we the, the first thing we usually talk about is just sort of an overview of the year. And generally speaking, it's like, what's the best movie and the worst movie we covered on the podcast is sort of a jumping off point, but it, mm. it's kind of more or less a, a, oh, and movie that most surprised us going in. But it's it's sort of a jumping off point style question to just talk about what we've covered in 2022. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm trying to, like, again, it's even one of those things where, like, looking back over the list that way we did, I was like, oh, yeah, we did that this year. Wow. Um, and I, I, I honest to God completely forgot that we had done Nightmare Alley. And I remembered it. And I was like, "Oh, yay! This is awesome! I, I love this movie." And then we also we did Space Jam. And I was like, "Oh, god damn it!" <laughs> it's like it's because like both of them are like in retrospect. I have my opinion of them has only deepened for it like that I had originally. Because like Nightmare Alley, I remember back on it. I know I definitely like the original more just because I think it had its the thesis of its of its production a bit better. Like I think it was able to bring across its whole deal better, um, but. Um, I still love the remake because, you know, it's still Del Toro and I still think the visuals are pretty insane. Um, and then I remembered Space Jam and I was like, I was kind of easier on the original just because like, oh, you know, it was quirky and kind of its own thing. But I thought back over it, I was like, actually, no, fuck this. This is terrible. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's not great. And I agree with that. I think that we were kinder on it or you were kinder on it because of what we were comparing it to. But mm -hmm. I, I thought back on that, honestly, after, uh, I don't remember what the episode it was that we did. It, it you know what? It might have been um, Rocky Horror because at the end of the episode, you were like, "This this might be the first time." I'm like, "Both of these are the same. I don't know what to do." You know, they're both the same for me. And I feel like I really should have taken that stance with Space Jam because I think that they are. I, I honestly don't think that the new one is worse than the original. I think they're both equally terrible, just in different ways. Yeah, I have to still say the new one's worse in its own way because it feels like the original still feels like it was its own weird fluke. Like the fact that it happened, where it's like everyone was like, "Oh, I mean." Okay, moving on. But the fact that the the remake was in itself being nostalgic for the original is just like a new layer of pathetic. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. <laughs> it's just hard. It's hard to take it seriously, even a little. And also, just Don Cheadle as the villain was just so weird at times. I was like, what? What is this? <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't work. Yeah, I don't even know why he'd agree to do that, other than money. I mean, fucking money is usually a good, good. If someone gave me a fat ass check to just do some bland fucking performance as a villain hell yeah i'd say yes right and i'm not dogging on people that do things for money either that's just uh, that's the way it goes so remember there's a really stupid gimme thing of like oh bugs bunny dies at the end and then he comes back with like no fanfare because it's like yeah obviously he's not permanently dead like it's like 
it was the stupidest shit when it happened and it was trying to like milk his death. I'm like, I fully just skipped the scene. I was like, go to go to hell. Like, and then when he came back, it literally was just like, oh, there he is. Okay. Yeah. One of the most unkillable characters canonically in fiction. Yeah, no, he's fine. They I still should have stood their ground and literally killed him off. I, obviously, no company would ever make such a brazen decision no. with a character that not only is child-friendly, but makes them so much money and is like an icon. But I wish a company would just do that to a character, just kill him off. They're like, no, they're, you're, you're not even going to be able to buy merch of him anymore unless it says Rip Bugs Bunny. He's no. gone. Well, they should have done, to really jump the shark, they should have straight up killed... Um... I've forgotten his name. The main character, the the, the LeBron actual James? LeBron James. Yes, I've completely blanked. They should have killed him <laughs> in the movie, and then just not explained it. King James. I, that would have been the funniest shit in the world. Of like, oh, cool. <laughs> it's like they actually did something interesting and unexpected. And then if he came back, it would have been like actually like a little dramatic because it's like, how the hell did that happen? And then just kind of going along with the King James thing of you know King James Bible. Hey, now he's literally a Jesus figure. He rose with a halo. Yeah, they should have. Yeah. They should have killed Porky in the middle of the game. Like he and gets that, like zapped by like one of the bad guys or whatever, and he's he's just literally he's gone. And now Mar Marvin the Martian actually gets to fucking do something. Yeah, they should have walked out onto the court and just shot him point blank, and then not explain it later. <laughs> so we could have made such an amazing movie, and the fact that we aren't allowed to do this is nothing short of tragic. I, if I had directed that movie, there would have been in in in, in that scene where they're fucking animating characters over classic Warner Brothers movies, I would have literally had a scene with Witch Hazel in The Wizard of Oz, and they would have recruited her, because there is not enough Witch Hazel in that movie. Fair enough. I would have had a five-minute uninterrupted um, make-out session between Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. That's no particular, fair. No particular reason, just like, I feel like that would be, I feel like that would get some box office, you know, views. That I mean, no, that would have been just fully uninterrupted, like a really uncomfortable amount of time. Listen, they had to make me watch so much bullshit CG in that. I, I deserve, I deserve that one. I cannot, I can't believe we've spent this much time talking about the first thing we covered this year. I mean, why the fuck not? Because, like, honestly, because all the, the rest that we watched this year, there was nothing in particular that I really was able to say, like, this really got me like fired up and like, oh, this was amazing, or this one really got me fired up and oh, this was terrible. Because that one was objectively the worst. Um. But, I hated truth about Charlie more. That one was close for me at times, but I thought like I could almost had to respect it in certain ways for how much it just didn't like compromise on the bullshit it was trying to pull of like this pseudo French film they were doing of the fact that they just kind of like just did it unironically. I was like, I mean, all right, I've seen I've seen directors with less control over their work, and you know this at least shows that they did what they wanted to do. It's bad, but they got to do it. Um, yeah. So like, I can at least respect it more than like. You know, the Space Jam remake? Because, like, that one was purely, like, oh, it was nostalgia baiting for the worst possible thing to nostalgia bait. Um, and now the fact that there's, like, uh, what what is it? Like, it's the fucking Warner Brothers, like, version of um, Super Smash Brothers out, that's out now. Multiverses. Multiverses, yeah. Where it, like, has LeBron James as a playable character and everything. It's like, this sucks. Like, I don't even know how to, like, jokingly talk about it. Like, the fact that that's a game now, I, just as a concept, I know ultimately I'm sure it's a fine game. But as a concept and the reason it exists, I think just is just terrible. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why is like all media is just kind of into this fucking gray goo scenario now? It's driving me insane. It, it's very it's reminiscent too. Uh, by the way, this is very reminiscent of our free free guy conversation from last year, which I think we also brought up again in yep. the end of your chat because it's in, it's unavoidable. Yeah, it keeps happening and it won't stop. But um, the LeBron James thing is 
strange in that it reminds me of you know there's this fic- this game with all these fictional characters running around and then just LeBron James show- James shows up. It reminds me of a uh, Sega All Star Racing Transformed where you're like oh you're I I from Super Monkey Ball or your Knuckles from Sonic the Hedgehog and then just Danica Patrick is there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what am I gonna race this real ass Danica Patrick Patrick in this game? I oh, like there was, but there was like a Nicktoons racer that was out not too long ago, and then also just JoJo Siwa is in it. <laughs> I, I um, that's that that is ridiculous, but also it's like a younger generation thing. That would, also, that was almost a, a me no dis, me completely disconnected thing because I was like I have no idea who this is. Yeah, like I that one's almost more acceptable. It feels like because like then it's just like okay, it's a young YouTube kind of star, and she's clearly got this whole kind of aesthetic going on and honestly like if i were a kid and i got to be in a fucking nickelodeon video game i've been like oh this is cool so i can't disrespect it that much ultimately and apparently she's a pretty nice person i hope to god that this doesn't age poorly but because man youtubers do tend to just kind of make me eat my own words but um I, you know that one's it still feels better than just like actual lebron james it's just like fighting the iron giant I'll, I'll tell you, if I was, if, if they were putting me in a Nicktoons racing or fighting game or whatever, well, racing game, because that's the example, I would be furious. I, I'd be excited at first and then furious that I was in a game that has, like, no Rocco's Modern Life representation, but it has all four Ninja Turtles and Shredder, not as alternates, but as five distinct racers. It's like when PlayStation Battle Royale whatever came out and you could play as Cole and Evil Cole. It's like, make that a fucking, like, a switch on the character menu. Don't add two separate characters that are the same character. To be fair, Super Smash Brothers isn't exactly free of that either. I mean, they are to a degree. They have a lot of character clones, but at least they're like distinctish enough. It's it's not I like guess. well, Ike, I, I Ike and Roy, I still defend. Dark... Ike and Roy, I still defend are the exact same fucking characters. Not Ike, sorry, uh, Marth and Roy. Well, I mean, to, unless you're a Fire Emblem fan, because then you know that they are distinct people with their their own. Oh yes, la di da, sir. I mean, in the game, like, I'm pretty sure they have almost identical movesets other than Roy also has, like, a fire effect. I can't speak to that just because it's been so long since I played it, but I'm pretty sure that you're right. I mean, like, that's how it was in Melee, at least. They may have changed it up more for the new version, but, like, eh. But But I'm also willing to give Smash Bros. some slack because they fucking, they have, like, 85 character rosters now in their games, whereas other fighting games like Nickelodeon or whatever, it's like, eh, we'll do 11, and then, like, 2 as DLC. Yeah. Oh, is anyone still playing this? (laughs) Yeah, we've 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 reached our quota. What were we talking about? Oh, oh yeah, the Grey Goose scenario with the the Ultimate Fighters thing and me hating on um, Space Jam because it's a very reasonable thing to hate on. Um, yes, but yeah, like uh, I was. Well, <laughs> uh, should I? Where's this going? Oh, I was just I was I was gonna transition to talk about more of the things that we covered to get us off oh, of yeah. Space Jam. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, don't worry, I was too. Don't worry, go right ahead. Oh okay, uh, I was just gonna say like I I mean worst for me is the truth about Charlie. Honestly, this is a weird year for, like, my best or favorite pick, because usually, like, in 2021, I was like, okay, I'll pick a best, but I'll leave Jacob's Ladder off of it, because it's a favorite of mine that I've seen before. This is hard, because pretty much almost all of the movies that I would consider good that we covered this year, I kind of had already seen, with the exception of Nightmare Alley and the original In-Laws, which I guess both, I can say both surprised me and... I, I guess if I'm going to go that route, I, I'll say that The In-Laws was the most surprising to me. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, even with it being from a time period I often cite as like my favorite decade for film. Uh, and Nightmare Alley, I, the original Nightmare Alley, I think might be my favorite thing that we talked about this year. Yeah, I think I think I, I put that down for my... I honestly put both Nightmare Alleys down as my favorites, just because like 
if for whatever reason they just they both grip me but the original especially like it just like the, the performance on display the whole thing they had going on with like you know what is it to be you know like what is it to be like this trickster and this shyster and everything and like making the audience themselves even be like oh how are we supposed to believe them on certain scenes and it's just like it it was pretty freaking phenomenal yeah no it, it was a great one it sucks that we covered it so early in the year yeah. Kind of nothing sort of measured up to that since then. We covered we covered a lot of good stuff after that. I'm still a big fan of Death Race 2000, and I was not entirely surprised by uh, the remake of that, the Death Race remake. Hmm. But uh, I remember coming around on it in the last ten minutes. I remember no, it, it was like, oh, I'm finally paying attention now. At the end, it was so boring for me up until now. Um, so oddly smart movie by the end, which is weird to think about whenever you go through that movie. But it, at no point does it ever really like try to jump the shark too hard it just kind of does its thing doesn't really try to say anything major other than like you know kind of abuses of the military industry like the military the prison complex like industry um but then it just kind of does its thing has some cool action by the end has a few kind of unexpected turns and that's your lot it's like okay didn't really do anything wrong explicitly no i'm yeah i'm, I'm that i think it didn't still you. i think i think i ultimately leaned towards the remake more than the original in that one just because the original i think was just a bit too campy for me no, yeah, you you definitely did. I, I, I completely understand that, but I'm also such a big fan of it, and I like that sort of wearing the message on its sleeve. I think I still think that the 2008 one buries it a little too much, and I know we talked about this. I was like, I wish it went harder on sort of the pay per view aspect of it, and uh, but you correctly stated that that would change the tone of the movie. So it's it's a mess with a lot of complicated thoughts. Go listen to our Death Race episode. Yeah, we did, we did the whole thing. Um, I will say, as far as things that surprised me. And honestly, I kind of surprised myself when thinking about it with this one. Um, but it ended up being, the more I thought about it, fucking Last Man Standing from 96, the remake of Yojimbo. Because I, the more oh, I thought yeah. back on it, the more I was ultimately surprised by it. Because how much I was thinking about it, it's like how much of a cartoonishly weird movie it was. For the fact of thinking back on it, it feels like almost like a Sam and Max game or some shit. Where it's just <laughs> Italian gangsters and Irish gangsters having this shootout. But it is in the middle of Depression-era Texas. So it is by all rights set up to be a Western, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me if it actually was because it's just so <laughs> odd. And like the main character is just such that like stoic, you know, American, like strong but silent type badass kind of thing. But with like a bit enough personality and enough action behind them that it's actually like sort of interesting to watch at least part of the time. And just so much. It feels like just so much random shit is going on in this what is most possibly the most bust town of all the bust towns in the fucking new West. And it's just like comparing that to the original, which is, you know, it's a fucking Kurosawa movie of like, yeah, just this of the same scenario, but it feels much more realistic because yeah, that's just kind of how shit was back then. Whereas this one's just like, we have all these cars and fancy suits and big, like, you know, like Italian dinners where they have like, like serious mafia talks and all these Irish guys drinking and like being the hell out of each other and all these different things. And it's just like, all happening in the backdrop of a western and also christopher walken is there it can i say that he christopher walken has a fucking dynamite performance in that movie oh my god yeah in a way i have i have rarely seen him act where it's like he's full-on terrifying in this role and he it's such an easy voice for people to parody but like the fact that he's doing this weird sinister scratchiness because he has this like scar across his throat or whatever it's he's like scary he's scary in that movie and like I don't know, it's I think they it's maybe it's a con combination of just like the general height of the actors around him or some subtle camera tricks, but also he comes across as a fucking giant in it. Is this it's just this like 
towering badass that's like is truly imposing in every scene he's in. Like he's always in like the full suit and the hat and everything. Constantly has like this massive machine gun on his hip. It's just like he just does everything he needs to do with it. He's clearly like he's kind of got the still the general stiff mannerisms that you know he's kind of known for. But that works really well as this character, this completely unhinged kind of enforcer type. And it's just it's so oddly compelling to see him in this. It's I think genuinely I still don't I still obviously the original Geo Jim was still better, just objectively. But it truly did surprise me more than any other, just of how weird the whole thing was. Cause like if you broke it down, it doesn't necessarily and I say this a lot, but it feels like it didn't necessarily do anything wrong per se. Cause like it does it doesn't fall into a lot of tropes that a lot of those movies do. Like the girl who's been like abused by the other guy doesn't fall for the main character. She gets the hell out of Dodge and gets to safety and we never see from her again. And, you know, we have that side character guy who's helping fix the car who ends up shooting one of the guys at the very end being like, that's for fucking up my town. All right, I'm good now. I'm going to leave. And that's it. He's just done. <laughs> I'm not out. And like he survives and he's just like, okay, I got mine. I'm going to just go on with my life. And he does. It's just like, huh. It just, it does enough unexpected shit that I can't hate it more than I do. Cause I really don't, I just don't think it's a good movie. That's ultimately all. And like, it's just, I can't say it was boring. That's for damn sure. But it was also just very confusing by the end because, like, obviously the whole point of the movie is, like, him jumping the fence between these two factions. And, you know, the original does it very well because it's like, yeah, that's just this dude just trying to be an opportunist for these asshole factions. But then just adding in all these extra elements for the new one, I'm like, what is happening? It's a, it's a very, that movie is a very lovely mess. The structure at times can feel a bit all over the place, the way it's put together. Yeah. And honestly, I think a lot of people do pretty good in that movie. I don't think Bruce Willis is... is the right leading man for that film. I mean, I got to kind of really ag- worked. I kind of got to agree, but at the same time, I couldn't imagine anyone else in that role. Like I do think the whole weird scenario of, you know, a western in the 1930s but still set in the setting of an actual western it would have worked with anyone else cuz it feels like it, no matter what Bruce Willis never seems like he quite fits into any movie he's in. I can I can't really explain it, but even the original Die Hard and everything, it always kind of has that air of, yeah, this guy is out of his depth right now, but he's just doing what he can. And it kind of just has that air through most movies I see him in. Do you think that maybe all uh all Bruce Willis movies are connected and it's the, just the same guy wandering from different Twilight Zone? Uh, uh, repeat that one for me. I think the connections stories. are in and out. Oh, dang it. No, my actual I internet just died. I, I'm just, um, I'm, I, I don't know, know what I'm doing. I have you again? Oh, did I lose you? Hello. Uh, hmm. If you're talking, I can't hear you right now. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, sorry, I, I just sent you a text, but yeah, my internet just, my Wi-Fi just died for a sec. I need to hook up my um actual cable for uh, my computer. One sec. All right. Let me just hang on. My, my cords are all tangled. Okay, I should be all good now. 
Um, All right. The last thing I heard you say was, um, I, I just talked about Bruce Willis never really seems to fit into his movies. And I heard you say, do you think Bruce Willis? And then it cut out right there. And I was like, uh, <laughs> so uh, what did you say we'll there? Just move on from that. It, it literally went nowhere. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, sorry. But yeah, there'll, there'll probably be a bit of a weird... Um, I, was, I didn't pause my recording, obviously, but yeah, there'll be a point where I just go like, oh, I think my internet just died. One second. Um, nope, that's fine. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, we can kind of just move on from the point. Up. He always he just doesn't really seem to fit into anything I ever see him in. All good. All good. Do you have any uh, any other thoughts on what we uh, covered? Uh, I think... Other than Nightmare Alley, I think my favorite probably was Dawn, the original Dawn of the Dead, just because I had never seen it before, and I was honestly really surprised by it. Um, just kind of like this just subtle nature of zombie movies, and the idea that a zombie movie could be subtle, um, you know, compared to like all modern versions of it. Um, and just kind of being able to appreciate, yeah, there is a very distinctive vision with this version of zombies of not as this like active, violent threat, and there's all sorts of chaos and everything. And also, by the way, I should also mention... Um, in regards to the remake of Dawn of the Dead, not too long ago, I saw someone post either a video, I think, well, I don't think it was a recently posted thing, but I think I've seen a video someone had made where it was talking about how the intro to the remake of Dawn of the Dead was a masterclass in setting up a horror movie. And I wanted to find the person who made that and punch them in the throat because I was like, this is the worst take I have ever seen. Are you insane? <laughs> like, well, I don't even remember the intro. It's Do you just, just mean like with the, the little girl and the, like, it, the, that? Yeah, like the whole thing. The whole thing of like, there's very like in your face, jump scary, mild setup. Like when she's leaving the hospital, then she gets home, then the girl comes in and mauls the husband. Wait, no, it goes from that. It goes to them having sex. Um, then cuts Perfect. hard cuts to the morning where the girl sneaks in and kills the husband. Then she runs away, and there's all that stuff. And then there's the moment when it's driving with an overhead shot of her on the road, and there's one other car coming from the other direction, and by sheer insane happenstance another car comes from a side street t-bones it brings it across her lane and into a gas station directly across they both hit it and they both explode and she keeps driving without changing pace once i'm like what the fuck (laughs) that's the perfect horror movie i don't i don't know what you're talking about i saw that and i was like i need you people to watch other movies because like I, i don't like I'm not, I'm never going to claim to be an expert in horror movies. Most of the time, I try to avoid them in general, just because like they're just not really my thing. I don't like necessarily being grossed out by that and stuff. Like body horror is a really big thing for me that I just hate. Um, but like the fact that we saw the original and how its intro, yeah, was honestly pretty freaking impressive as far as intros go, because also considering it's technically a sequel, um, and then comparing it to that chaotic nonsense of hard like jump cuts and shit, and calling that anything other than absurd was complete bullshit. So I, I that this is a long roundabout way of me saying I loved the original and I think it's obviously it's, yes. it is very worthy of the praise it has. And I wish people would kind of be able to go back to kind of that point of zombies as an existential horror, which apparently the show The Walking Dead has done decently well. But the fact that it's been going on for going on. What is it? It's been going on for over a decade now, and it's only recently coming I to a close. In- high school yeah yeah like it's it's so. been enough we've done enough and like it's still tending to not i think they're going to do like a movie to fully close it out but still i know the, i know the last oh, season yay. i know the last season is officially done but at least i think um but yeah it's just like I'm, it's been going on long enough i think we've moved past zombies as a bigger craze um but yeah that's that's kind of my deal that like donna dead definitely the best for me in the year that or nightmare alley as far as worst, also though, I want to also give a mention to the remake of the Jungle Book because honestly, I just kind of thought it was bad when I get right down to it. 
It was just kind of lame. Like, it's just, like, it had, like, all these, like, w- trying to add in, like, these really weird, like, spiritual elements with, like, their relationship to the elephants of, like, oh, and they stomp the ground and allow the earth to rise up. Meanwhile, in the original, they're just, like, a really dopey British brigade. It's like, oh, where did where did this interpretation come from? Um, I'm sure there's, like, actual, like, it's meant to be tying into maybe, like, Hinduistic beliefs or, like, beliefs of, like, you know, older parts of India, of, like, elephants seen as like a sacred icon and like you know to that end like i don't want to be disrespectful obviously but also just like comparing it to the original it's like what why why are we having this whole thing of like like elephants are basically demigods like it's just kind of weird (laughs) well it's been a very long time since i've read the book but it does kind of sound like something that kipling would write so i wouldn't be shocked if that was pulled straight from the book yeah but i seriously doubt bill murray as a bear was well, no, I, no. If we're gonna jump jump straight to that, I, he was I know, I know. It's just, it's just like if we're going down to the brass tacks of like pulling from source material, I think there's just enough going on with a remake that's just like they don't think they gave a shit. And I feel like when I was younger, I didn't give the original enough credit. And also, as I got older, I I worried that I maybe got a bit too like unnecessarily sensitive about the, the whole deal of like, oh wow, they have the monkey characters as these. But are clearly seeming to be black stereotypes, and it was only until I rewatched this, I was like, "Oh, it's because of swing, swing as a as a music form, and they're monkeys." So, yeah, so that's, that's why we talked about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we, we talked about, about it, at, it on the show, it's like, "Oh, that's why they got Louis Prima to do the ex- voice of King exactly. Louis. He was the king of swing." I know, and it just it it flipped my lid when I saw. It. I was like, "Oh man, now I feel like a dick." <laughs> and <laughs> and then just kind of seeing them just not really do anything with that in the remake tells me like, "Oh, they've had the same." feelings when they were making it of oh we can't do that that wouldn't be okay refusing to acknowledge the fact of oh no there was actually reasoning behind it and it was never done with disrespect it wasn't like the crows from dumbo oh how lovely and also going back to the elephant it, it's funny because they the new jungle book which by the way again we've talked about it before i don't hate it near as much as you do um, yeah but the new jungle book is such a star fuck sort of cast uh, which most anything is nowadays especially nowadays uh, especially <laughs> Disney movies Wait, are or you, are the you, live action remakes. Are you talking turning a walking now? Damn, I'm trying. But the original J- Jungle Book, just the elephant scene, you have J. Pat O'Malley as like the leader of the elephants, and I think his wife is Verna Felton, who did the voice of Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland, and then the little baby elephants, just you know, just Clint Howard as a kid before he did anything, <laughs> before him or his brother Ron Howard were grown up. Like it's just. It's all over the place, and it just sort of fits into it. And it's like, these guys were on TV, and they were doing stuff in other Disney movies, but it's not like they were superstars. But they fit into the scene so perfectly. Mm. And I have such a bizarre, like, I rank things in my head just to keep myself sane, um, which is why I'm always like, Alice in Wonderland's my favorite Disney movie. I think Beauty and the Beast is still the best Disney movie. And I think that Jungle Book is the Disney movie with the best score, hands down. Just yeah. because of the way the music sets the atmosphere. I'm not a big fan of the Vulture song. I could do without it. But everything else, I think, fits in that movie really well. Yeah, that is a very front-heavy quality movie. Like, once you get to, like, the last third, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Even the, way they, he, even the way they deal with Shere Khan at the end, he just kind of gets his tail lit off. And he's like, oh, I'm out of here. Which, like, they try to remedy in the remake with having this whole, like, you know, the classic villain falls into some dramatic thing. But also with Mowgli burning down the forest and everything. God, that was a weird ending. The more and more I think about that. And then they didn't go with the humans. He just goes back to his old coping mechanisms. It's like, what? <laughs> you change all of this and you don't go with the whole point of the original thing where he has to give up this life? Like, what? People would be sad if he lost all his cool friends. No, they wouldn't. I hate these people. 
<laughs> the stupid fucking wolf thing, like wolf pack thing, where they try to make it like this like whole hierarchy deal and like like him experiencing microaggressions or some shit. I'm just like, why are we doing this? It's yeah, and they try to do the whole backstory with Shere Khan thing, which I remember is actually from the book, but it's something that is easily implied and almost left out of the original Jungle Book. Like any animal has, uh, you know, the foresight to be wary of fire when they're like this intelligent, especially. Yeah. So it can just be gleamed from you know Shere Khan being more intelligent than others. Like this is man, and he brings fire. But in the remake, you know, there's this whole relation specifically with Mowgli's father giving him like this guy. It's it's a, I will say that is too much. Mm-hmm. There's too much, too many writers' brains going on in the background trying to tie everything together and give everything purpose. It really, yeah, it really does feel like it's a bunch of different writers trying to get like their breakout scene or whatever. It was like, oh, did you know that I uh, I wrote the scene of you know. Mowgli's adoptive father being voiced by Giancarlo Esposito getting killed by fucking, um, you know, Idris Elba. And like, and it's like this whole thing. It's like looking back on that scene, I'm like, yeah, someone really overwrote this scene and was really hoping it would get them some sort of award. <laughs> so, yeah. well, it's also one of those things that a lot of writers will tell you where it's like, you've got to, I mean, executives do that too, where it's like, you've got to contribute something or else you don't feel like you're working yeah, or making your pay. So. Well, I encourage them to stop that mentality and put up your feet a couple of times. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that will go well. <laughs> and like, you know, it, it'll, in that it'll, industry. it'll remove the sense of having to get fucking over dramatic shit like in this movie. We've been talking about this one for a minute, it feels like. But <laughs> same with Space Jam. I honestly, I don't really have anything to say on most anything else we covered. It's like Charade. I liked it. The Odd Couple. I liked it, but I've seen it before. Jungle Book. I liked it, but I've seen it before. The Fly, Dawn of the Dead. I've seen it. You know, so I am shocked. We we have... I'm, I'm trying to mix it up a bit. I am sure. <laughs> I am shocked we have not brought up the Grinch, honestly, because I know it's recent. Because we just did it. But it, like, I feel like it's worth mentioning that like, kind of all of them sucked. Even like, not maybe not necessarily the original, but it's like the original is just like hardly anything's going on with it ultimately. But. Right, which it's also hard to fault for because it's 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 doing the literal interpretation of this children's story, and it's it, thankfully it's not trying to blow it up into a feature. Even yeah. if it was an animated feature of the day, that would make it like 80 minutes. It's it's not even trying to do that. It's like, yeah, this is a television special. It's 21 or bust. I I am not even kidding whenever I tell you. I'm trying to think about more details about the Illumination version, and I cannot remember hardly a damn thing. It has been just a couple weeks since we recorded it, and I don't... Like, I remember there's this whole extra thing where they have, like, this sort of reindeer with them for a little bit, that is inevitably going to come back as some stupid in medias res or some stupid uh, deus ex machina thing but beyond that it was such a bland movie i truly cannot remember anything it's just i'm kind of the same <laughs> it's shocking honestly like i've i very rarely have it at this point where it's such a non-existent like even the minion like even like the original like despicable me movies i remember more about those because like you know they at least had like an attempt at originality and plot but my god is this new one just such a fucking I don't know. I, I still stand by what I said that, where it feels like it's being nostalgic for the present day, where it's like trying to have different elements of like our day to day lives now, where it's like very, you know, it feels very like not quite twee in a lot of ways, but feels just very like, oh, this is idealized version of like life in America in like the like 20 teens or early 2020s. And it's just like, you know, Pharrell Williams is like the main narrator and all these different things, like these different like jazzercise things and like and like the fact that everyone's teeth is so fucking pristine white. I don't know why that's a thing for me, but I just hate that. Um, I don't know. It's just it makes me want there are a few movies I want to exist less than this one. 
in terms of remembering things, I'm I'm on the same page as you in that when it comes to things like that where they're kind of a mess or they're a little bit boring, I tend to just remember performances and only performances. And I'm I'm kind of that way about the 2000 Grinch too. I don't remember a lot that actually happens plot wise, but I remember Jeffrey Tambor as the mayor, and that's pretty much it. And the same goes for the new Grinch, where I'm like, oh yeah, Keenan Thompson was like the annoying who. Yeah. I'm like that's what? that's it. <laughs> those are the only two things I took away from both of those movies. Yeah. Was Jeffrey Tambor and Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Because it's like all the other characters just like aren't doing hardly a damn thing. It feels like like they add all these different subplots. Like the fact that they have to add so much extra shit to reach like feature length runtime because they are otherwise it's just him prepping to do it half of which ends up getting thrown in the bin it feels like and then the rest of the time it's focused on cindy lou trying to have this whole oh i'm gonna catch santa plot thing but also her mom is like a struggling mom but also not really it's just like what is what the fuck is happening why why is this happening like, i don't like also, I, i'm frustrated <laughs> yeah like uh... i'm frustrated because we didn't talk about it in the grinch episode i meant to bring it up that's supposed to be a plot point and they kind of very the smallest iota of recognizing that Cindy Lou, whose mother is overworked in the 2018 Grinch and the Grinch comes in for the party at the end and he offers to like help her with something. And that's supposed to like tie up her entire character, even though it's like five seconds. And then over the credits, it's like, OK, he builds all these machines to make her life easier. The kids are gone by that point. They have left the theater. Yeah, <laughs> that is not the time to be doing that. Yeah, so it's just I. It is one of those things that I know as time goes on, I will become angrier and angrier at this movie because in even just the two weeks since we've recorded, I am nigh furious thinking about it. It is horrible that this thing exists um, and that it takes up, has to take up even any space in my brain. So I'm going to move on from it now before I just decide, you know what, I'm just going to keep kicking this horse until it's even more dead and say maybe what maybe move on to what movies outside of the show we've watched this year, huh? There you go. There you go. You know the format. You uh, know what we do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Just I wish I wasn't so jaded in this day and age, but you know what? The movie industry isn't helping. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, for the longest time, it's been... It's sort of been this way, unfortunately. And I think we talk about that every year, too. But it is... It's a necessity. I don't think I'm getting more negative, at least over the years. I'm definitely getting more positive than in previous years, it feels like. But not by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we are going to talk about what we've seen this year, honestly, I, oof, I I think I watched less this year than I have in previous years outside of the podcast. It doesn't feel like it because I remember my resolution was just to have a, have something new that I watched to talk about on every episode, mm-hmm. and I still managed to do that. But just overall, I don't I don't feel like I uh, watched as much. Yeah, I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't hit the theater nearly as much as I wanted to, but like. Honestly, I've got to stop being paranoid about that and just be like, you know what? I'll see it if I can. Otherwise, I think like I saw a fair amount, at least. I forgot how much actually kind of came out this year that I've actually ended up seeing. I think. Yeah, I think I, I, I saw a lot of things. Oh, sorry. Go on. I don't know. You go right ahead. I, I saw a lot of things that I did. I did actually like this year, too. So it's not like I was just I wasn't seeing anything. Like, I, I mean, Sonic 2 is sort of the obvious one. We both saw that. Oh, yeah, together. of course. That was fantastic. At the Alamo Draft House before you moved. And, and it was it was a grand old time. I'm a bit more negative on it, just reflecting back on it. And that's pretty much just all the human segments, which we railed on before. But yeah, overall, I thought it was I thought it was a serviceable movie, especially for a video game adaptation. We're still on that train. Uh, I saw The Northman and I, I still I still think it was I think it was a good movie. I liked it. Um, 
Pompo the Cinephile I talked about when that when G Kids brought that over from Japan. That yeah. even with all the Ghibli stuff, I think that was my favorite of the anime releases that I ended up seeing this year, just because the way it discusses film and how it even sort of breaks all of your expectations watching it. I think I mentioned when I saw it in at the top of the year, uh, this this young kid who is sort of like an assistant on all these movies is suddenly pro- he uh, the producer who's this this girl that's basically taking over the company for her grandfather is like okay you're going to direct my next movie which is not some B whatever it's a script that we've been saving for only like the pure talent and they hire this this really famous actor to be in it who has sort of been retired and I thought the entire point of the movie was going to be this retired actor coming out of this coming back into the spotlight butting heads with this new anxious director and that wasn't it at all. That, that, like, wasn't even a plot point, and I was very surprised. Like, the places that that movie goes, I really like that one, and I still encourage people to to see it. Fair enough. And, and it has such a fantastic ending, too, because the entire thesis of the movie is... Uh, I, I know we have various thoughts on this to different degrees, but, like, this, this little girl producer, her, like, her main thesis for movies is that there should be no movie that's longer than 90 minutes, because if it's longer than 90 minutes, you're, you're losing the audience. So everything should sort of cut off at that point. And it's so perfect... Because the movie sort of ends on that note, it, you know, it, it, it has all these things tying up, not to, you know, give away the entire plot since it's still relatively new. It ties up all these ends for the movie and all these things that have been going on. And then it cuts to black and there's a timer on the screen for five seconds and it counts down to zero and then the movie ends. And it's like the, the movie's literally 90 minutes long. I love that. I love. That's a lot of fun. File. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I think. I, I wanted. To, I, I'm surprised I didn't see more of the Ghibli stuff as it came out. Um, I think the only one we really got the chance to see was Kiki's Delivery Service, which I thought was great. Um, you know, I didn't think anything was mm-hmm. particularly wrong with it. I think it's it's obviously not one of Ghibli's best, but it's still good. Um, beyond that, yeah, just like even just trying to think of like what I would have considered the best thing that I saw this year. I really liked Prey. I mentioned that before, just like that. Oh the, yeah. The alternate version of um, like one of the, like the you know Predator movies, um, and. I think the, at times the CG was a little off for me, but honestly, I that's I, I will gripe about that until the ends of the earth. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was a pretty cool ass way to go about. You know, let's let's have a predator movie, but just put it in a different scenario. And like, you know, what? yeah, that's how you should always do a predator movie. Um, like the original was just in the middle of a commando movie. The second was in the middle of a you know hard hardcore trop, cop drama, and now it's just in a you know a period piece Native American film. And it was awesome. They they had a great cast, had a great setup for everything, and went well. Um, I still honest, need to see that. It's yeah, it's on it's on Hulu. It's pretty easy. It's a pretty easy watch. Um, mm. they, they ultimately, you don't end up getting too surprised by anything, but it pulled enough moves where it just made the main character about as intelligently badass as you can do before it becomes a bit too self inserty. Um, which like I everyone when it came out was like, oh, this character's such a Mary Sue. It's like no fucking, she's no more Mary Sue than Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the original. Um. But yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, probably not my favorite, obviously. Honestly, probably tied for my favorite, just from complete other ends of the spectrum, um, was either The Fablemans, just because, like, again, you know, Spielberg mm-hmm. fanboy, like, obviously. I thought it was great. I thought it did a really good job for what it was coming, kind of coming for, and that it was never meant to be like, oh, like the early career of Spielberg and everything. No, even he himself said, like, no, this is meant to be a love letter to my mom. Um, and I thought it was really nice. I thought it was sweet. And on the other side of the spectrum was The Batman. Um, oh yes, which I totally, oh I God. totally forgot was this year. Um, but I loved it to death. I still think I think I'll consider it my. It, it is hard to compete with the dark, the original Dark Knight, for me. 
but I think otherwise this is probably one of the better superhero movies that's ever been made. I think it, like if you're gonna try to do the grizzled semi realistic thing, I think this one did it really well for Batman. I think it did just enough of like kind of the mysteriousness and kind of like more over the top shit mixed with like the kind of gritty realism. Um, and like there were a few scenes that I was genuinely on the edge of my seat of like, oh my god, this is insane. Um, so yeah, I just I thought it was a damn good time. I haven't had that good of a time I, since like watching Mad Max Fury Road in the movies. <laughs> I loved the Batman. I I had a great time with it. Reflecting back on it, I wouldn't necessarily suggest cutting anything out for time. It, it is very long, but I don't I don't I don't see myself as a director or an editor, so I don't know exactly how it would work. The the Catwoman. Falcone stuff doesn't necess- doesn't really land for me, but it would be hard to remove because it's so baked into the plot. I just think a lot of those scenes go on a little too long. But overall, yeah. I was a big fan of that movie, too. I loved it. The chemistry between Catwoman and Batman was near non-existent, in my mind. I'm going to be real. Um, mm-hmm. Like, they're trying to have, kind of have the setup of, like, you know, they're just, like, the, the classic setup between the two characters of, like, oh, they're kind of from, they're both very similar, but they're kind of coming at the criminal world from different directions. And it's, like, that could have been really interesting. They could have kind of played up their emotions together a bit better because there have been really good selena kyle's in the past um i mean heck even the original fucking adam west show the selena kyle was actually pretty great um but in this one it's just Lee they, Mar, Lee Merriweather, yeah Eartha Kitt. it's just like for whatever reason just this one they were just a bit too non-emotive like like how one needs to like be able to bring out a little bit more in batman that's kind of the whole point because <laughs> like otherwise yeah batman is about the most stick up his ass would 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 crumble under the concept of sex if you got right down to it, man, that has ever been. Um, right. Like a man who is... I do like that they kind of bring up the fact that more that, yeah, Batman as a person, Bruce Wayne as a person, definitely has some issues. And they they bring that more across in this one than in most interpretations. Which, um, I know it's a little early for obituaries, but I am... I'm, every time I think about Batman now, I'm so sad because of Kevin Conroy. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he cert- he's definitely on the list. Yeah. <laughs> the obituary list. That's like the only one. It's the only major one this year that I'm, I can really remember. I'm like, oh, I'm really, I'm really sad now. <laughs> I've got a handful. I was like getting really upset there for a while in the early part of the year. <laughs> but we'll oh yeah, get to that. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's probably the best on my list. I watched a lot more than that. I rewatched a few things, but as far as things I actually watched this year that came out this year, those are probably the best. Um, I don't even know if I necessarily watched a whole lot of out things outside of that that didn't come out this year that I really liked. I think there was one maybe that I saw on Netflix or something when I was bored and I can't for the life of me remember what it was though. So, you know, it probably wasn't great. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, if I had to pick the worst, Spirited the, with Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan uh, Reynolds. Like, no question. <laughs> no question. <laughs> like, I didn't see a lot of bad movies this year. I didn't see a lot in general, but like if I picked one like without a second of doubt, it was just annoying. <laughs> yeah. I guess if I had to pick worst, it would probably be... Oh, I would be remiss not to mention before I move on from best. Nope. Barbarian. And um, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. All three of those also came out this year and all of them are fantastic. So still need to see. Nope. I'm I'm, I'm ashamed of myself that I haven't. It's good to see people are coming, coming a little back around on it. People were being very negative when it came out. I remember. Yeah. I was like, I I don't know. I like this more than us. Yeah. I think a lot of it was just people not getting, the messaging because i've sadly had a lot of it spoiled for me at this point just like with the messaging and everything that's going along with it and i think ultimately oh, that's what I people see. were down on because they were just like the classic thing they, like they didn't understand of the point of oh yeah a movie can have like messages and subtlety and have things happen for a reason that isn't necessarily for the reason it's being presented carte blanche 
It's like, yeah, no, there's a metaphor here. Let's let's examine that for later. <laughs> Just think about that for a second. It's like, God, man, pe- people's like media literacy has gotten kind of rough lately. It feels like. Yeah. It's just like, um, like, let your mind expand, my people. I guess for worst, to hop back on that train, uh, that Jeepers Creepers reboot really made me angry, like actually angry. Uh, I remember <laughs> ranting about it to a family member after having seen it and then ranted again on the podcast. Um, of course. <laughs> I saw, I don't think I brought it up on the podcast because I was still angry and I didn't want to talk about it, but I saw Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch for the first time and I was very angry about that. Um, I think it's something I actually tried to watch when it came out, but I I didn't get through it. That is that's the best way I've ever heard that movie described. <laughs> like it made me very angry watching it. Like yeah, that's yes. <laughs> what what little I've seen, I've seen most of it on HBO, just kind of in passing. It's so like yeah, no, this that that describes it. Um, shock treatment, which I talked about on the Rocky Horror episode because it's like the Rocky Horror sequel. It has some interesting bits and places to go, but ultimately it's it's not great because it's not cohesive. And it's just, it's too, it's too mean. I think it is too mean of a movie. I don't like any of the characters. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's really the worst of what I've seen this year. I can't think of anything else that would, oh, Men. I saw Men this year and I hated that too. I talked about that on the show. Oh, yeah. Um, a Man makes a, a nearly two hour movie about women's issues and. Like, I mean. It's it's not good. Yeah, nah. It's, it's a. Uh... We'll, we'll never claim to be, like, the ones to be able to champion that movement, obviously, but, like, even we can recognize that's that's not cool. Like, like that's that's only going to end badly every time. Well, it was also, it, it was so extremely, like, ham-fisted, too. It was like, it's it's clear what you're trying to do from yeah. the very beginning, and it just gets worse from there. Oh, I will uh, say, um, uh, one thing that I, I kind of will include is I watched, um... I think I mentioned it before. I watched a bit more of the series Love, Death, and Robots that's on Netflix, which is like, and you know, if you don't, it's it's an anthology series with like different like different creators and directors of mainly CG, um, like animate like CG animated kind of bits that aren't usually longer than like thirty minutes. Um, yeah. Last you talked about it on the show, you were uh, distraught. I yes, remember. yes, I will rehash that distraughtness and saying I am normally <laughs> pretty okay with like movies or games or whatever being like having some level of violence or having some level of gore and that sort of stuff. This one, a few bits in it are so distinctly unpleasant and so distinctly violent. It made me genuinely uncomfortable, like deeply so that I could not finish it. And in many ways, kept thinking about it later. And I have to say that, yeah, it's one of the worst things I've watched purely because I I, I do think we are getting a bit dangerously close to the sun when it comes to certain things with like CG real, like photorealism and that sort of thing. Because, yeah, it gives us that ability to create pretty near-perfect-looking imagery. But with that comes the fact of there are scenes in some of these bits where we are watching a character getting their brain, like, parasitized. Like, their open skull having an alien being probe into it and, like, talk through their body. It is one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch in, in my experience. And it was, like, uh, like, gen- like, borderline actually disturbing. And I did not expect it. And I was like, I had to, like full stop and do something else for the rest of the day because of it. I was like, this is, this isn't okay, folks. Like, I'm sorry. It is yep. like, like deeply unpleasant. Like, like on a deeper level, I was not expecting. And like, for me in particular, I don't like body horror, especially, but this one, like this was a new level. I was just like, I'm, I can't, I can't approve of this even a little bit, man. <laughs> so that was, That's that was very, probably uh, objectively, yeah. probably my worst experience as far as watching anything this year. 
Ooh, wow. uh, one more I have to say. That's... It's not a movie, but I have started playing mm-hmm. the um, the game High on Life, uh, that like from the Rick and Morty oh, folks. The... Yeah. And um, have started playing it. Have gotten through a bit. I know this is probably going to be the coldest take of all time. I, I can't, I can't, I can't do more of it because they will not shut the fuck up in the game. Like it is just like imagine all of the most drawn out bits from Rick and Morty, all the things of like, oh, it's them, like, oh, this is sort of a realistic interaction or someone just rambling about something. Imagine it constantly to the point where they will literally just like be interrupting their own voice lines if you walk away after anything less than five minutes of listening to someone ramble. Like another character will start talking and cut the voice line off because there's so many that go on so goddamn long to the point where there's even a bit in it where there's a thing where they say, oh, it's kind of a joke thing where, oh, you have to wait in this room for a literal hour before you can progress. But then obviously you find a different way out of there. And normally you think, oh, that means if you wait for an hour, you're probably going to get some fun Easter egg. If you do it, there's nothing. It just literally goes, oh, this door is stuck. I guess you'll have to just wait for even longer. And it just it presumably infinite amount of time. And then you still have to go through what you normally would have had to go through if you just went immediately. It is the most deliberately time-wasting and deliberately annoying bullshit I have had to put up with in a while. And it sucks because the gameplay is okay, but I truly cannot stand it at a certain point. I'm just like, this is too much. I know that's the point, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. I'm, it's like, it's, it, is, it is truly the first experience I've had that has created a game more annoying than Borderlands is at this point. It is astonishing. Yeah, they, uh, I, I actually do know for a fact that the developers have uh, commented on it recently because they, they're like, we see all of your feedback regarding the voice lines. We are working on an option for the options menu oh, in a new yeah, they, update I where think... you can like reduce that. You can't turn it off, I don't think, but you can reduce the frequency of it. I think it's already gone through because I got that pop up on one of my more recent like playings playings of it where oh, it said okay. like, but the fact that I saw that pop up and I was like, really, like really, y'all had to like get to the, the fact that you have to put that in as a feature should tell you everything. <laughs> where it's like, wow, you guys are hacks. I'm sorry, you just like I can't like I can I'm I'm okay with Rick and Morty in general. I think it can be very clever. I think individual episodes are fine, and I think the fact that they have distinct time lengths on those episodes is their greatest boon because if these guys are given an infinite amount of time they will use an infinite amount of time and it's the most obnoxious shit in the world and i truly like cannot respect these people because they don't respect my time like i don't like if you're gonna do that do something actually funny with it not just the same rambly nonsense and sort of breaking the fourth wall and just like not taking the situation seriously and like whatever it's like shut the fuck up (laughs) like that's it just shut the fuck up Oh. I agree. I like that's, yeah, I just I I wanted to keep playing it, but the gameplay was nowhere near enough to keep me going with all the dialogue and all the bullshit and all the fact that they just really just don't give half a hell. And it's like, you know what? I like it when people give half a hell with the thing they're making. I'm 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 gonna I'm, I want to start just outright saying, you know what? Enough with this ironic. Oh, we don't give a hell like devil like you know devil may care attitude. No, start giving a shit again, people. It's dumb. Like we need, we need to actually have some progress here, right? I mean, I I still do watch Rick and Morty, and I'm not like the big. I I was never even the biggest fan of season one, but it's one of those things where I just stick with it, and it's fine. It definitely varies in quality from episode to episode. But one of the better boons of recent the recent season, I guess, is that they're they're trying to take on canon and overarching storyline more so because. That's, that's something they sort of built up in early years where it's like, no, this is episodic. There is a deeper story, but we're not going to cover it because fuck you, which is charming, like the first two times. But then when you keep doing it, 
you're really irritating the people that are watching the show. It's like you can only you can only make this joke so many times before it wears out its welcome. And I think they have more or less realized that at this point. And it still has some of those interesting writing quirks that I'm not a big fan of. But I think that I do think that they're trying to recover from that. Yeah. Well, the the uh, <laughs> high on life is very much them relapsing. <laughs> yes. Unfortunate. That's. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's just kind of a mechanical mess as well. It's very glitchy. Um, but yeah, sorry I wasted so much time with that one because I just, I realized how much built up ire I had for it. And I'm like, I have to say it. I have to say it. And I have to let the world know it's time to start giving a shit again. Because you know what? We're dying on this planet. Let's maybe start giving a shit. That's a lot to put on Justin Roiland, but okay. <laughs> I think Justin Roiland's just making it worse is my point. <laughs> oh, uh, you want to talk about something that's definitely not making the world worse. It's uh, making the world better. Uh, that's our uh, award show segment. Yay. Where we very, very briefly talk about a few of the award shows and, and what was sort of going on there. Did, I'll make I'll make mine you... as brief as possible. I have not watched a single thing. I haven't heard about it. Don't even know about it. I'm going to be real. So I'm you're probably going to be running the show on this one. Do you mean haven't watched the award show? Because I don't do that either. <laughs> I, was I haven't even I list. have not even taken the time to care about looking anything up about it because i know i don't think the oscars have happened yet have they they, they usually happen at the beginning of the next year well yeah but we usually talk about the one that ran for the current year so yes yeah it's or been a while for that one yeah but yeah, I, yeah it was the top of the year we we got stuff like coda and yeah. uh king richard which I, I i can't say i was very interested in but i was planning on seeing it actually i just kind of forgot hmm. it, it fell off my radar but i i wasn't gonna see that but it, it's pretty much just Coda, King Richard, and uh, Belfast, which was the Ke the new Kenneth Branagh movie. Oh they yeah, just swept it. Fair enough. I, I saw Coda. At least I, I thought it was really good. Um, but I again I also didn't see King Richard. King Richard definitely didn't see um the Branagh film. So, you know that's yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I've just I, I it feels like I re rehash it every year, but it feels like every year I give less and less of a hell about award shows just because like. I don't feel like even the people putting them on give that much of a hell anymore. And even the people making the movies, it just feels like it's hard to really know where the line goes from. This is genuinely my artistic vision versus this is what I know will probably get an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Like the only, literally the only reason I still pay attention. And like I said, not even watching it or even really in most cases, watching the movies that come from it is just because I'm interested in the history aspect of Hollywood and these shows really are just more for the industry than anything else. And not even just a pat on the back, which it very much is, and people are right in saying that, but the award shows do drive the future of the industry, unfortunately. And, like, the people and the companies that are winning, that's the direction where things are going to be heading because that's where the money goes. And it's sort of always been that way. So no. when you see things like Coda or Dune, I should say Dune, actually... Dune didn't take home any of the big name Oscars, but if you just look at it as a numbers game, Dune swept the Oscars. Best original score, best sound, best cinematography, best visual effects, best film editing, best production design. It took all of those. And I did, I liked Dune part one, which is what it should say here. So. Yeah, I'm still pissed about that. About just being like, oh, it's part one. God damn it. <laughs> you fucked us in our show. I still have, we'll have the new one next year, I guess, but whatever. Also, I was just looking at this. I'm just going to bring this up because it's something that I've got to watch now. I did not know that it existed. But um, Best Actor, Will Smith took it as Richard Williams in King Richard. One of the nominated movies, Tick, Tick, Boom, Tragedy of Macbeth, The Power of the Dog. I've heard about all of these. Javier Bardem played Desi Arnaz in a movie called Being the Ricardos about Lucy and Desi. 
It stars Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem as Lucy and Desi. I, he- I heard nothing about this. Yeah, what the hell? Where was this? <laughs> and Javier Bardem's like <laughs> a really good like actor TV as well. Like, what, what the hell? He is. Huh. Oh. Well, Amazon I mean, Studios and released on Prime Video. I didn't oh. see this. See, so yeah, that's, that's probably why I didn't see it because it just was like, oh, Amazon Video. I'm like, okay, I really don't give half a hell then. <laughs> After mm. you know, after the whole Simmons like... is Fred Mertz. Oh shit! <laughs> I know I'm you're going to be watching this. soon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. See, like after the whole like oh. Rings of Power bullshit, I just truly, I, I give very little credence to anything that Amazon puts out these days anymore. Like I, I'm, I'll give a little bit of a hell about the Critical Role show just because, like, okay, that seems interesting at least a little, but eh. Um. Yeah, I guess that's kind of it for the oh. I'm going to rant on this because I have to rant on it every single year. Best animated feature is a fucking joke at the Oscars because they don't treat it right. And it's more often than not, not always, because if we're, if we're looking at it objectively, they don't always win, but it's always the Disney show, even if what they put out was complete trash. So complete joke. Encanto won. Encanto was fine. But there's so many animated movies come out, came out, and it's not even just like a Illumination or DreamWorks thing. Just across the industry, so many different fucking animated projects. The only one, not from one of those... Uh, Mitchells versus the Machines, which is fine. Well, fine. I liked it more than Encanto because of its design sensibilities. And it's Lord and Miller. You know, Clone High, Lego Movie, all that shit. Yeah. It's a good movie. Of course, lost to Encanto. And then Flea, which I have not seen, but it's a foreign feature. Uh, well, not fully foreign, but it was co-production with Denmark, France, Norway, and Sweden. What? About a man fleeing his home country under different aliases. Like, that looks cool. I should watch that. The other three nominees? Encanto, Luca, Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, Ridiculous. Can we, like, I wish we could just it's stop. Sad. I wish we could, like, limit it to, like, one Disney movie. And I don't give a shit if it's, like, oh, Pixar versus Disney Animation Studios, whatever, Disney's whatever shell account they have now. Just one Disney. We all know what the fuck Disney is. Like shut up. Yeah, Ugh. I I get the uh, I get the animation magazine, uh, literally called the animation magazine. I get it in the mail still. It's an industry magazine for animation, obviously. And the most recent one was with all of these pages where companies are pleading. <laughs> Since it's an industry paper, all these companies are pleading for nominations for their animated movies to to be represented at the show. And Disney is once again they're they're submitting for approval three features because they had that many that came out this year, mm. this past year, and I guarantee all of them are going to get in. Fucking the, like the thirty second animation of Scrat eating the acorn as the final farewell of Blue Sky Studios was better than anything Disney put out this year. <laughs> like I just that made me more emotional than any Disney movie has in years. It was thirty seconds of a prehistoric rat eating an acorn. I nearly fucking cried, man. <laughs> what, what even did Disney Studios release this year? Who gives I guess a Strange shit? Strange Worlds is what's coming out. But that one's been so great. Which like it's been so categorically not promoted for I think a few reasons. Like the, the big one, like the big controversy is going to be around the fact that one of the main characters is distinctly canonically gay, and not just in the normal Disney way of like, oh, they just briefly mention it briefly. No, it's apparently like part of the plot of like them with like having a same sex like partner, but. Mm-hmm. I, like I think that's probably like sure Disney handles fantastically. Yeah, exactly. But like, just otherwise, I have not seen a single utter piece of anything promoting this. Like, not even a little. It's the most insane shit I've ever seen. And I just, I don't. I just, I truly cannot bring enough effort to my soul anymore to say I give even a single hell 
about what they put out this year. I don't. It's. I think the Marvel movies have truly dried up for me. I think all the stuff they're doing with Star Wars is at best okay, at worst just categorically lazy. I just all. I'm done with it. I'm done. I just fully am completely saturated to the point of it does nothing for me anymore. And the fact of like you know everyone was really looking forward to Thor Ragnarok and that ended up kind of being like eh because like yeah it's just Taika Waititi just being given too much freedom now which like he's really not that funny. We once you get down to it, Taika Waititi is kind of the same shit over and over again and it's just kind of boring. Like when he's given this shit with like you know our flag means death where it's actually a bit more out there a bit more creative and stuff like you know what we do in the shadows like yeah it, it it's it has its own like personality and feel to it that's actually really cool but as far as other stuff with like major movies and everything no it's 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 pretty much done and it's like all the different shows that have come out and all the different star wars series and i'm just like i don't care i cannot bring any effort in me to care anymore because they don't we all know that by now and i think it's it truly does feel like more and more it feels like the scale is tipping of people realizing, hey, this is boring in a hack job. Let's watch anything else. Let's make something creative and fun. And I just, I desperately just want it to be over. I want the Marvelization to be over. I'm so done. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fed up with them and everything they're doing. I, they recently to celebrate because this whole year was their 100th anniversary. Did you know? No. So they <laughs> honestly no. I, I've straight up for I've straight up done everything to not know anything about them this year. Well, I'm since I'm sort of embedded into the animation scene at this point, it's kind of impossible for me not to. But they did a celebratory short uh, with Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, the first short that Disney has made with that character in an eternity. Yeah. Where did they put it? How did they advertise it? They dumped it onto YouTube with no credits. <laughs> <laughs> not even the director of the short was listed. Dumped onto YouTube. Yeah, I just they have a whole platform to themselves. That they could put it on and they didn't. I don't understand what the thought process is behind that fucking company. They're mad people. And that is, that's gotta be one of the reasons that Bob Iger's stepping in and they got rid of Chapek, that loser. Yeah. Like he's gone now. Like, it just feels like, man, I cannot wa- wait to see some of the defunct land bits about this. Um, but <laughs> it's, that's gonna be, that's gonna be a hell of a time. Um, but yeah, it's just, it feels like this. It just it feels like very much, and I kind of I mentioned it at our end of the year of 2020, especially, but more and more it feels like the facade has really kind of just been dropped. Like 2020 was kind of that moment when people realized, hey, we can make money off of literally anything, and so they were just doing all these advertisements and shit for like things to you know help pass the time while the world is dying outside your home, and I was just like, wow, this is evil. Like not even we're drowning. Yeah, it's like categorically like this isn't okay, and. That kind of from that point on, I just truly could not be bothered to even pretend to be okay with any of the things that they do. Like Disney's just one of many that did it, but since it's the core of our show that we do movies, it's it's just not really taking me in anymore. I've fully just kind of written it off, and my life is more vibrant for it. <laughs> I won't lie. Well, there you go. You don't ever have to hear about it except for these end of year shows because half of it is us bitching. Yeah, <laughs> and like I'll still, oh, I will absolutely. Let me let me be clear. I will absolutely take advantage of it. I will make that my, if I, like, obviously we don't necessarily make money from this, but I will absolutely use it as a thing to ride on because God knows they'll do that with anything. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'll still do a Disney movie next year. I'll still do one for one of the episodes, <laughs> but I don't care. I think they Exciting. suck. <laughs> and, like, they, I am so insignificant to them that I don't care. I will do it the way I want to do it. I will, I will chastise them as I am able. Oh. Huh. And I didn't well, think I'd be so. Award section. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I'd be so vitriol filled for this one, and yet here I am. <laughs> oh, 
I, I, I brought up the Razzies page, which we'd never touched before. The Razzies is such a joke of an award show. I, I, I was just interested, like, oh, what, what was the worst of this year? Space Jam is up there, like, a million times for, for winning, yeah. which is ridiculous to me. Like, look, Space Jam, New Legacy is not a good movie, but the fact that the Razzies takes all of the films that have come out in the past year into account, and that is the worst movie, none of the literal unwatchable half-star rated things that I've seen, I think I, I think I could run a better Razzies award show than these yeah. jokers. Yeah. My God, if we were allowed to do the Razzies, we would have the time of our goddamn lives. Um, we could do an entire <laughs> segment on Disney. Straight up. We could just do a Disney section and just be like, you know what? Screw you. Yeah. It would, what are you going to... Yeah. Like, oh no, this one random award show is going to shit on you. Y'all don't care. You're still making billions of dollars. Go to hell. Because they and would it's care. one joke it's... award that you don't even need to show up for because uh, literally most of the other awards would be going to things that you could not sit through. Fully. Huh. Award shows suck, man. I hate them. Yep. <laughs> in, any, in every sense. Like, there was so much drama going into, like, the video game awards this year again with like oh god of war ragnarok or elden ring all these things i was just like why are we comparing these things like they're two insanely different things and we're spending all this time getting all huffy about it like also just... if 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 you are so invested in what's actually winning awards at the game awards you are a fucking train wreck of a human being because the, those award shows are only good for new game trailers yeah, absolutely. there is Which... no other reason to be watching that show which, to be fair, a few really interesting ones came out, and I'm actually very interested in. There's one that's like, it's yes! a, the next one coming out for, like, from the Bioshock folks, whose name I forget now. But it seems like this kind of, like, it's like if, you know, um, it's like if AI actually had, like, personality and, like, messages and plots kind of going on, it seems like. Of, like, these robot people in space, all to the sounds of a sea shanty that I actually know. And I'm like, okay, I love this. <laughs> I love every second of this, and I think all the animations are really distinctive and personality like dripping with personality and i i love everything about this even if it's just a concept trailer right now like i i want this to be good yeah it, it they had a lot of great stuff showing off again that's that's the best part of those awards but are you ready to dive into our favorite part of the show <laughs> not our least uh, favorite we won't have to talk about awards again for another year yay thank god so now we get to talk about what's uh what's coming out and we sort of talked about it a little bit before we turned the mics on, but there, there's a lot coming out next year that we can cover on this show. I, remakes have been coming out for a while now, but I was actually surprised. Like, as I was just sort of glancing through this list, how many things appear to be... Uh, they remade it coverable, I should say. Yeah. Also, just to briefly jump back, the name of the game um, is Judas, G-U-D-A-S, uh, that I was thinking oh, of. I couldn't, couldn't remember the name of it. It I looks really retain, cool. Yeah, yeah, I didn't retain a lot of that. The, the actual names or companies, I just... It, it was like flashing colors for a baby for me. Yeah, basically. But, <laughs> um, but yes, um, yeah, a lot of was not expecting the number of like remake heavy things that we were getting here. I was honestly shocked. <laughs> you you want to sort of take take the wheel? What sticks out to you? I mean, I got a list too. Well, so I'll, I can. I can I'll mind, go into but... I'll go into the ones that I just think are interesting on their own, not necessarily just that. Oh, we're going to be able to do an episode on that. Um, oh no, of course. First and most notably, honestly, just like without shame, the Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out. I think honestly that looks, I think it looks fun. I think they're taking it with a right amount of seriousness, um, and it looks like it's being well put together. And you know what? Yeah, sure. Like we, that's been enough in the yeah. public zeitgeist. We deserve it. Deserves a movie, and it doesn't seem like it's doing yeah. like any one particular thing about like 
it's not trying to be too meta about it where it's like oh this is the story of dungeons and dragons and like this whole like really specific thing about it. it's like no it's like here's a what would essentially just be a random module whose name is probably just honor among thieves and we're just watching people play it and or just being in it and it's like okay cool that seems fun ian that's a movie we can cover on the show it is yep i'm well aware <laughs> i think that jeremy irons one <laughs> yeah i almost forgot about that but yeah i realized that as i was talking about it, i was like oh yeah I, I immediately said it was like oh i want to talk about the ones that i just seem interesting on their own but and, and not just because we can do an episode on them but we can do an episode on this one yes um uh and i'm sure you have many points of several of them i know you at least have a, a point about one in particular um but oh, yes uh, another one i'm really excited for is the next spider-verse movie um in, across the spider-verse um which looks fantastic it's got like I love just all the little Easter eggs in the teaser trailer we have alone because like it has the Spider-Man, it has the Spider-Man from the Irrational Games, um, like PS4 version of the game that came out. Like they 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 show up in that. Um, it has a Spider-Man. I'm pretty sure from like a 2001 like PS2 Spider-Man game of like this like, very particular running animation that's kind of in a very brief scene that someone pointed out. Um, which I thought was hilarious is the fact that like, okay, this is the level that they're going to where they're going to find as much to draw for this as just inspiration as possible. And I think that's fantastic. Um, it's, it's clear that these guys just love this, this, you know, series and the, and this, like this IP that they get to use. Um, so I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, they're doing another goddamn mission impossible, which like my God, Tom Cruise is really starting to show his age. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, like you can stop. It's okay. Like what? No one's, no one's catching up to him. <laughs> like no one's forcing you to do this. Um, I think I notable that I have to mention is the Barbie movie simply because the trailer that came out, I have to give it so much fucking respect for it just being a parody of 2001 a space odyssey. Like <laughs> I, when it first showed up, when it first just started doing that, I, I busted out laughing. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I know. Sh I know joke was reminded about the Barbie movie like a week or two ago online. And uh, I, I felt my brain drift into an uncomfortable limbo. I was like, I, I feel like I've seen the movie because I've been hearing about it so much and seeing so many stills of it for the past four years. Yeah. I feel like the movie has already released somewhere. But uh, yeah, that'll seems certainly like, be interesting. Yeah, it seems like they're taking it with like a nice amount of like, you know, tongue in cheekness, but also like still making it visually impressive where it's like, okay, yeah, this seems like someone who's doing a good movie. It's like, regardless of, you know, what the subject matter is, but the subject matter makes it funny. Um, oh, yeah. I think the only other one I can mention right now, and I'm sure all the rest of them you will mention plenty, um, is uh, Oppenheimer, the uh, biopic that um, uh, Chris Nolan is coming out with, with Cillian Murphy as, you know, uh, Robert Oppenheimer. You know, mm -hmm. the dude what made the big atom bomb thing. Um, <laughs> that dude what made that bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the trailer released just the other day, and I think it visually was insane. And I adored it because like, A, I love history. B, I just I have a particular interest in just like that particular era of history. Like I did. Uh, I've done a lot of like various papers and everything specifically talking about like the Manhattan Project. Um, and so this one I'm actually just very personally interested in. So I'm I'm hoping it's good. And honestly, it's Chris Nolan who is historically pretty good at this. And also, I have to give respect for the fact that in a recent interview, he brought up the fact that the they recreated the first atomic bomb detonation in the movie without the use of CG. And I don't know what that means. That's very scary. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, what are they talking about? I'm like, huh? Are you saying that as in the very first, like, attempt at an atomic bomb explosion? Because I imagine it was probably a very small explosion by comparison to, like, you know, the main one. Um, or are you talking about the first one that appears on screen in the film? Because, like, 
The first one is, okay, you just make a pretty good size explosion. That's easy enough to do. The other is, did you actually, like, did, did you act, did you guys actually, like, bl blow one up? Like, yeah, did you do that? News, New Zealand does not exist anymore. Yeah, I was like, um, because, like, I know, I know we technically have a few treaties saying we don't test those anymore, but I know things can be bent. <laughs> and I, I'm, I wanted, like, I I don't know I don't know like I want to like be like that's kicks ass but the other part of me is like that seems like a lot. <laughs> so, so it's like yeah, props to you for not for the classic you know no one thing of hey if you can do it actually do it like you know with the whole thing with Tenet it was like oh we could have done a CG of a C forty seven crashing into a building or it's literally cheaper to buy a C forty seven and actually crash it. <laughs> I I do respect him a lot for decisions like that but yeah yeah detonating a bomb especially a that nuclear one I. I feel like I would have heard about that on the news if that—that's what he was talking about. But yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. curious. Uh, I'm curious what they what they mean. I'm guessing it has to do something like it's probably going to be a thing of like, because you can make a mushroom cloud explosion, like any kind of a big enough explosion will create a mushroom cloud no matter what. Like that's just how physics is going to work. So my guess is that they just they're going to do some sort of like forced perspective thing. But all the same, just seeing that from an interview, I'm like, holy shit. So. Um, but oh, yeah. that's kind of the extent of it that I actually give a hell about. There's a few other ones that I don't necessarily really stand out to me. Like, obviously, the second part of Dune is coming out. Um, there's apparently going to be another I, fucking... There's apparently going to be another fucking Hunger Games movie. I'm like, no. Just no. Just I'm not giving it the time of day. Yeah. It is just moving on. Moving right the hell along. And that there's also apparently going to be a movie just called Wonka, which is starring yes, Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> and I'm like, eh? But also at the same time, it's directed by the same guy who directed the Paddington movies, which are both incredible. So yes. I don't know how to feel about this. I don't necessarily like Timothy Chalamet in general. I think he's just kind of an actor. And for the life of me, I still think his name sounds like the name of a very prim and proper mouse. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. The Tale but, uh, of Despero. Yeah, exactly. Chalamet. Exactly. It seems it seems like that would be a character in Tale of, in Tale of Despero. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the extent of it that I've seen other than there's oh man i gotta find it again because i just saw the snippet on google i don't know what it is but it's just a screenshot of the man himself doing it it is a movie called renfield which is apparently oh, about yes. it's about the a lackey of dracula and it's starring nick cage and it's just the only thing i have is just like a like a, a, a candid shot of him filming of him wearing an all red velvet suit with like a very you know bella lugosi haircut and pale and all this stuff and i'm just like Okay, cool. I'm actually that, very excited for that. Yeah, that seems that seems interesting. I I'm not I I'm, I'm down for it. Sure. Also, there's a movie that I just noticed that's sitting next to it called Cocaine Bear, which I actually know yeah. the background of, which is insane. Yeah, I, like, re I I remember when that happened. Like they talk about like it's just the whole thing of at some point a bear ate like a full pound of black tar cocaine or like really un like pure cocaine. I just remember someone having the comment under it of for about a thirty minute period that animal was the apex predator of the planet <laughs> i was like I, that's I a funny when thing they, when the trailer came out when that happened the trailer came out and people were like linking to like the original story and everything and i was like, okay, okay cool i guess we're gonna be getting a movie on this and then what? um i just got a trailer i just saw violent night which i didn't know oh, yeah. it was very eh. but uh i got the trailer for cocaine bear uh in front of it and it looks rough yeah <laughs> i figured i figured this is like i figured this is like rubber level like you remember the tire that kills people yeah, it, it doesn't look as goofy as that. It it. Ugh. I I hate dunking dunking. I hate shitting on special effects, but it it does not look great that bear in that movie. 
bear. It feels like you can't really half-ass it when it comes to a bear. But here we are. <laughs> no, it's an animal. We all know what it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, uh, well, I think that's the extent of it. Other than there is a there is a listed on on Google for lists of what's coming out in the next year of Avatar three, which I don't think it specifically yeah. says it's coming out in twenty twenty three. But I'm pretty dead certain that the image they are using is just an AI generated image, and it just has in plain aerial text on the top of it Avatar three. It is. It doesn't look like an actual anything for anything. It's just like here's this weird sort of pseudo artistic picture and also a name. It's like. What? Why? Why do oh. you even have this? <laughs> I forgot so. I use Google as my browser. Can you send me that? I want to see this goofy. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I'll, I'll just take a picture with my phone real quick. Uh, okay. I want to see that goofiness. It's weird to describe it anything other than that. And if you can Google it yourself, go check it out. Uh, to you know our various listeners. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I just sent it to you. Alright. Yeah, so apparently there's so... apparently going to be a remake for The Exorcist as well, but okay. <laughs> I just saw that it's going to be another movie in the series, but I don't necessarily know what that... Oh, that's awful. See? I told you. But I, <laughs> I just, it, it, just that it's going to be another movie in the Exorcist series. I don't know if it's going to be a reboot, a remake, or if it lit literally is a continuation, because it's still very vague, and I guess they're still working on it, obviously. So, I don't yeah. I don't know what that'll be. Obviously, Blumhouse is involved, because that's it feels like that's all they do. Um, yeah. Whatever. It's it, not quite A24, but, you know, do what you do. But yeah, yeah I, could, uh, uh, I could just go through. I could like if I wanted to, I could have just gone through this list of things because there's so many weird names on here. Which like, they're, they're, I have to at least make one last mention. There is a, a something called Infinity Pool, which is apparently a horror movie. But it's just it's like just literally like people. It seems like people are just stuck in a in a in an infinity pool, like one of those things where it looks like it just kind of, um, like the edge of it just drops off. It's directed by Brandon Cronenberg. <laughs> uh huh. Son of David. Yeah. Oh, all right then. Maybe maybe it'll be something. Who knows. <laughs> Very, very curious. Um, but yeah, to go to go through a couple of weird ones, I guess, that we didn't really, haven't really touched on for various reasons. House Party, which is coming out January 13th. I don't know where that's supposed to be, but that's uh, supposedly going to be a reboot of the 1990 House Party, which there were a couple of those. There were like mm. three or four House Parties, I think. Oh, so I guess they're dying to get back to that well. Obviously, Creed 3 and Scream 6, which I... Like, Scream 5 was already rough, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, it felt like, you know, like Halloween, like they're trying to wrap up this franchise in, in a way and bring back these characters, but like, now we're doing Scream 6, like, really? I don't even think Scream 5, like, did that well. So why are we doing this? It can't be for money. It, yeah, like, it didn't make money. <laughs> like, who is genuinely clamoring for another Scream movie? Like, I thought kind of the whole, like, I feel like it's, I don't know if that's being extremely meta with the movie or if it's just completely missing the point of the movie. I don't, I can't tell which. <laughs> It could be both. It could be neither. Who knows? We are we are in an endless. I can't even finish that thought. It's at least like where where are we? <laughs> who, gives, who gives a shit? Moving on. <laughs> Evil Dead Rise. Let's let's continue the Evil Dead franchise. That's okay. coming out in April. <laughs> oh, I love this. Fast Ten, obviously. Fast and the Fury. Which, if they're not in space by this point, it's it's a worthless movie. <laughs> Truly worthless, worthless series. And the I want to see coming out in, at the end of May. Let's not forget that's been in development hell for a while. Yeah, uh, man, it's it, we have so many things we could do, and I hate it. <laughs> Transformers: Rise of Beasts continuing that. I got very frustrated because I saw a lot of people clamoring for this new Transformers movie, 
you know, forgetting about the quality of all the other Bay Transformers movies just because it's Beast Wars related. And I'm like, guys, Beast Wars isn't even that good. It's not even that good. You're, you're just, you're, in general the nostalgia thing is how he gets you. <laughs> like, y'all are the easiest marks in the world. Like, what? Yes. And no, Transformers already is not that great because it's a toyetic 80s Hasbro nightmare, which, you know, a lot of those shows are. It, it, it has a special nostalgic place for a lot of people. I'm aware of that, but it's it's very rough <laughs> and slow. Like, yeah. So, you know, nothing, nothing new, it feels like. Nope. Indiana Jones, the new movie is finally coming out the end of June. They've been talking about that one for a while now, too, which I'm not a huge Indiana Jones person, but I am at least interested in it because Indiana Jones is... It seems to be something that Harrison Ford actually gives a shit about. Like he couldn't care less about Star Wars, but Indiana Jones, he's he's all he's all on board. He loves doing those. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I will say though, if they do not just kill the motherfucker by the end of this, like I just just let's let's be done. It's okay. Like I don't think it, no one's clamoring for this either. But you know what? It seems it seems better than the fourth one. You know, potentially. We we can only hope. Uh, <laughs> um. The Haunted Mansion is getting another movie, sort of coasting Ooh. off of the Jungle Cruise movie that just came out last year. We're getting another Haunted Mansion, so that's a stay tuned uh, to steal a term from We Hate Movies. That's definitely something that we could cover uh, in oh, the future oh, at some point. How the flying fuck could you ride off the hi- ride off of Jungle Cruise? The movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see it. I have no idea. I just know for some reason they're like, hmm, what if instead of it's- just remaking our animated movies in a live action format, we made a bunch of movies based on our rides? You know, they did just, with Pirates of the Caribbean two decades ago. Let's do it again. Jungle Cruise straight up is just a really bad attempt at recapturing the magic of um, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's literally all it is. It's like the Fantastic. whole thing of like of taking like this very straightforward, simple thing of like, oh, there's kind of like weird intrigue and mystery on this ride and then adding lore to it, except they made it even dumber because like they went into like actual periods of history, like Magellan, like not maybe not Magellan, I can't remember who it is, but uh, was it Ponce de Leon? The whoever was searching for like the fountain of youth and everything. Um, yeah, that was Ponce de Leon. Yeah, and they just went into all that, and it's just I don't know. It's just it was bad, and it's just like it's like the the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies were lightning in a fucking bottle because of just like this strange but earnest like spirit it had to like holding on to like maritime mystery and all these different things and like the changing of the world and all these sorts of things and had this very interesting kind of undertone of everything of like this just feeling of like the world is strange and magical by its very nature and that it's easier just to accept that rather than to try and change it and so it was able to stick with a very distinct feel throughout those first first three that it got from a fucking ride like the people that were given the helm of these movies were in many ways brilliant for what they did with it and I don't think we're ever going to get that again. I think that is truly one of the weirdest experiments Disney has ever done and gotten actually extremely successful from. I, I also want to say, it, I made it sound like, you know, just Pirates of the Caribbean, but it, it's weird. They, they were trying to do that for a period and Pirates was the only thing that took off. So they gave up and now they're just trying it again because around the same time as Pirates, they also did, you know, the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy, but they also did uh, the Country Bears <laughs> Which, oh, yeah. granted, isn't a ride, but it's a it's a it's an attraction. It was like a stage show. And I will they say, I have a thing. I will say, I have a soft spot for Country Bears just because it's mainly just a Disney Channel movie at this point. Which, like, fair enough. But it just doesn't feel like it even is attempting to be anything more than what it is. It's just like this is weird. Anyway, 
Like, okay, cool. I'm fine with that. Christopher Walken's here again out of nowhere. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, I like him being goofy in that movie. Me and a bunch of our mutual friends from college constantly quote, <laughs> Country Bear Hall has been crushed. Because the way he says that is so rid- I love that line. It's so good. I, st- I still quote, I may be chubby, but I am quick. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just such a, it's just such a funny, it's just such a goofy, funny movie that it's just like, you know what? Sure. It's like this pseudo coming of age drama. It's like, it's like if you mix Country Bears, the attraction with Holes, the movie slash book. It's like, yep. okay, that's fine. <laughs> I don't see anything in particular in particular that's wrong with this. It's just kind of silly. I mean, I'm, I'm still going to stand by. It's not great. It's, it's not, not good, good at all. It's, it's not a good fun. movie, even. But it's fun. Yeah, like yeah. we've we've established pretty firmly on this show. Like we've there, there's a lot of movies that were like, yeah, this objectively sucks as a movie. We enjoy it though, and that's exactly how people should go about watching movies. Like we got to get out of the just the ultra critical mindsets now. Like and we've been champ trying to champion that for years now. It feels like, but yeah, like it's silly. It's stupid. It has no right to be considered a movie. I would never give it up for the world. Uh, I only have two things left on this list that I really want to talk about at all. Um, okay. But that is, we have um, The Color Purple is getting another movie. So that's oh, yeah. also a potential, uh, we could go to that well. And um, the last thing, December 20th, is slated Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel. I just have to say real quick, that movie was fucking dog shit, and it also didn't do good. Why are we making a Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel? I don't even know what they would do with it. Don't. I think, I think we have... I'm, I'm beginning to recognize a very, very bad trend. And the recent Avatar sequel has kind of illuminated that more and more. In the fact that, you know, these movies ultimately, no matter how good or bad they are, they have already been pre-approved. Prior to any sort of box offices, prior to any sort of whatever the hell, the fact that we are still getting Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movies, despite the last ones being objectively terrible, regardless of any controversy, regardless of anything, whatever, they just sucked. The fact that we are getting these movies that have been objectively bad in their own semi-series that they have done, but because of the Marvelization effect, keep getting approved farther and farther out for no reason other than, oh, it could bring, it's probably going to bring us money. And audiences are continuing to say, no, we don't like it, and we're not going to give you our money, and that's changing nothing. The fact that the movie industry has truly just become an industry, where it's just, we are going to continue to churn these out because we have decided that's the business plan. We don't care what you think. We don't care what you give to us. We will make our money back in one form or another. And it's just like, why are we doing this? Why are we approving of this shit? There's so many bad movies coming out, and they're turning into series. Why are we doing this? The, the fact that the companies that really should be trying to develop a game plan fucking don't and constantly fail because of it. Like, DC, uh, get your, DC, oh get my over. god, you have got it's, it's to done. start over. They, they really shit the bed with that Justice League movie. I don't care, Snyder Cut, not Snyder Cut, it doesn't matter. They're both equally terrible. It's just they tried to do a Marvel Avengers movie, but they didn't set up half the characters because they were rushing through it so quickly. And that's not even to mention, you know, the actual writing of the movie. So you have no attachment to half the actors playing these characters. And now they're like, oh, well, we'll go back and we'll do the Flash movie. Uh-oh. Ezra Miller is a nightmare human, apparently. And yeah, like, they apparently are running he's... amok, causing issues, so we keep delaying that. <laughs> I've never seen a human being try to speedrun every crime. Like, <laughs> my God. They're embodying the Flash. I guess, apparently. <laughs> my God. And just like the whole, like the, the shit show that's happened recently with like Henry Cavill, where like he had, like apparently like he was coming back into oh, DC yeah. to be Superman again. And then they immediately told him no. And it's just like, like, what is, and it's also just okay, the fact I'm that the further recognition, stuff. 
Exactly. Now he's just like, okay, I have now been unshackled from my bonds. I can truly let the absolute fucking wasteland of a nerd that I am deep down come out in full. Um, which, like, you know, power to him. I think he'll. I think he'll do fine. Um, yeah. But it's just like I don't like the fact that I think it's just this further acknowledgement more and more that really the only marketable thing they fucking have is Batman. And Marvel used to have that issue where the only marketable thing they really had was Spider Man, and they got over that. They they did it right. They went and said, okay, we're gonna make good movies about these other characters. We're gonna make Iron Man basically the face of our our industry for a while until you know, like between Iron Man and Captain America, which they then took advantage of with Civil War, which like you know quality notwithstanding was a good business move. It's like yeah, those are two most recognizable faces of our brand right now. And it's just like which is they ridiculous did how they managed to pull that through. Like prior to I that know. Robert Downey Jr. movie, Iron Man was like a B tier Marvel character that no one gave a shit about. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like top of the fucking list. It's like. Like they did it properly. They said, "Okay, here is a thing with potential. Let's do something with it." And DC has nothing but potential. Like the whole concept of like DC characters, like the best way I've seen someone describe it is, Marvel stories are about human beings becoming gods, and DC stories are about gods becoming human. And that's an insanely good thing to be able to work with. Like basically, all you just got to do is, and I think the Aquaman movie did it best, of take this character, put them in insane situations, dial it up to eleven, and then dial it up to twenty. It's like that's just DC. DC just does not fuck around. They don't have the more kind of rain comparatively reined in things with Marvel. No, we are fighting actual gods. Let's have some fun. But also make it character driven. There's are some really good characters to develop, develop here. And they just haven't done that. They've just decided, no, let's not do that. Let's have all our really offbeat CW shows kind of doing their own thing. And then also just shit the bed with everything else. <laughs> yeah. And in Marvel, like not Marvel, DC. The same thing you were saying with Batman. Like, I like Batman. Batman is probably my favorite DC character because they have the deepest... Like, there's a lot to pull from there, and they do try to do it. But they still keep making the same mistakes and going back to the same... Even with Batman, they do it. And you know what? For the Batman 2022, uh, plug yours for the next 10 seconds. Spoiler alert. I don't care. The Joker shit at the end is not needed. I... Don't. Stop. Yeah. You're making it's a mistake. Fully, it's fully done. Or at the very least, if you're going to do it, make it the fun clown version again. Enough with the weird face stuff. Like we're good, we're good, we're done. Yeah. But yes, yeah. Spoiler alert over. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Like, just tiring. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. I don't. I just. I like it when interesting concepts are given to good directors, and they just haven't been doing that. They've been trying to get all of Marvel's eggs from their basket without any of the prep, and it's just like we're done. I've, I, I'm, I'm done acknowledging anything other than the potential next Batman movie because, like, you know what? That was done really well. And I think that world that they built up for their little self-contained deal is plenty. And because you know what? It doesn't have to be all connected. It doesn't have to be the grand sweeping thing of, oh, this connects into this movie. They have to go watch a billion other things and all these different things. No, it can just be one happy little universe. And then we're done. And then we can have endings. And then we can have credits that don't go on and have little fucking stupid end of credit scenes that don't actually matter. Just, I shouldn't. I'm, I shouldn't care. I shouldn't let it bother me. But I'm someone that likes to sit in the theater through the credits and like enjoy mm. the music and like look at the names. You know, the actors go by and I'm like, oh, I do recognize that person and then just keep watching. That's how I I I forget what movie it was I was watching, which is really embarrassing, but I was seeing it in theaters. I was looking at the credits and one of the people in the thank you section was uh, no, it wasn't the thank you. It was in the crew. It was Osgood Perkins. And I was like, what the fuck? Osgood Perkins from like 1932 Scarface? I'm pretty sure he's dead. So I looked it up, and sure enough, Osgood Perkins, his son, Anthony Perkins, who was Norman Bates in Psycho, had a son, and named him after his father. So, 
Osgood, Osgood Perkins the second is running around in Hollywood. <laughs> that, anyways, that's a whole side thing, but I'm a person that likes to sit through credits. And it shouldn't bother me, but I do get secondhand embarrassment doing that now. Because the theater people that just want to clean up, you, used to, it would just be like, come on, can you please get out of the theater? But now it's like this weird knowing look of like, come on, man, this isn't a Marvel movie. You don't got to sit here. There's nothing after the credits. And I just want to shout and be like, I know, I know there's not. I'm not waiting for a secret scene <laughs> at the end of this movie. I just yeah. want to watch the credits. <clears throat> just let me enjoy the credits. And it's also, it also feels like it's kind of just robbed credits of the things that they were meant to be doing in the first place, which like... I know ultimately the end credits things were kind of put in there specifically so people would hopefully more often read credits because like, yeah, people deserve to be known. But now it's kind of just become this thing of it's just basically the waiting room for another random thing that really honestly at this point is not even almost ever relevant, even in Marvel movies. It's not about like some preview for the next thing. No, it's it's just some random bullshit. And like, for God's sake, the Lightyear movie had fucking it had like three end of credit scenes. And they were all pointless. Yeah, the fucking Buzz Lightyear movie did. It's insane. Also, uh, I don't want to sidetrack or interrupt too much, but um, the movie was Nope. Jordan Peele's Nope. Osgood Perkins is actually in it as a, a brief character. Oh, cool. See, like that one, I think that's a that's a movie you deserve to watch the credits. Like, come on, like that, like some good shit went into that. Oh yeah, no, uh. yeah, definitely. I. But yeah, I don't want to be like some guy watching me. Like, there's not going to be a mid a mid sequence credit about like what they're doing on the ranch now. And I'm like, I'm, I don't think they will. That's not my expectation here. I think if Jordan Peele ever did something like that, I think I have to assume that Jordan Peele has been replaced by a body snatcher. <laughs> like, I think he, of all people, is going to be like, no, fuck that. Yeah. I, I I respect him a lot. Yeah. Incredibly good director. I think I think he's kind of, he's pretty firmly cemented himself as being like, not necessarily an auteur, but like very much like the character director of our, of our, of our recent times. He, he deserves the role. He's incredibly creative. Yeah. I agree. As fucking... Uh... I don't know. It's just like, I don't even know where we were with that one of just like just us recognizing more and more. God, there's just no respect for movies. I It started with me bitching about Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, which honestly was the last thing oh, yeah. on, on the movie list I even felt like talking about. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm out of stuff there. Yeah, that's fair. And like that's and that's normally what kind of devolves to of us finding a point and then one or both of us recognizing, oh, hey, here's another symptom of the current movie industry and how it's terrible. And that being apparently now just the increasing common trend of just pre-approving stuff that is just not good. It seems like more and yeah. more often, the more thing, it's just become a death knell at this point. If I see something that's already been pre-approved for like three extra things or already after like one movie, I'm like, okay, the rest of these are going to suck. Like I know the Batman movie has been renewed, at least has been confirmed to be in pre-production for a sequel, for at least one sequel. That's fine. That's like, okay, cool. It was a good movie. It did really well. It it deserves to have a sequel because that's a universe that has a lot of sequ- that has a lot of sequel potential. But like, even when I first started, like, the Witcher series said it was getting renewed for, like, three seasons off the bat, I immediately knew, like, this isn't going to hold up. Like, something's going to go wrong, and lo and behold, it has kind of gone to shit already. Um, And so it's just, I don't know. It just seems like more and more of a bad sign whenever I see something that's, like, already approved for, like, a bunch of extra shit. Because it's like, there's no way it's going to keep the momentum. That's already tempting fate. And most of the time, the first one isn't even that good to begin with. Yeah, but it, we have a we have a problem with franchise franchise symptom where you know you want to print money through merchandising and additional movies even if it doesn't feel like they're being well received and a lot of the times that's what happens to people that you would consider auteurs in the industry too it's like oh cool this guy made a really popular indie movie that actually got nominated for an award at the oscars congratulations you've graduated to star wars camp you don't have to make indie movies anymore you can do star wars and that's what the funnel looks like yeah yeah it's Mm. I don't know. I just, it's, 
I wish we like. I don't want to say. I feel like I made a monkey's paw mistake early on when I said, "Hey, Marvel, check out all the success you're having with these TV shows. Like, maybe just keep doing TV shows like they did back in the day, and they just keep making more of them, and increasingly, just they just kind of suck." So I don't necessarily want to say. I wish they just did more like TV serials now because like you can do creative shit for longer amounts of time. It's like, yeah, if you want to pre-approve stuff, just do that. But it's just even that's kind of gotten tainted by it now, too. Like I said, with the, like the Witcher or depending on the platform, they'll probably just like cancel it partway through anyway. And it's just like, I don't know. And like, like we've seen with like the whole like the whole issue of animation with what was it? Discovery or, or Warner Brothers that happened this year. Warner just Discovery, a, yeah. Warner Discovery. Well, that's just a tragedy where like a lot of things are potentially becoming lost to media now. And it's just, it's, it's just, it, it feels vile at this point. Like it, it just, like I said, the all sense of a facade has been dropped of it being maintained as, Oh, we're doing this to make good shows and everything. No, you're doing it to make money. That's all it is with all these bigger names. It's just money. All we're, we keep getting more and more streaming services. It's just going back to cable. It's going back to whatever monopolization we had back in the day. And it's just, it's just, it's just kind of disgusting. And I, I don't know what the correct move is going forward other than we need to find these people running these and making these decisions and kick their teeth out. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> you're bad people doing bad things. This is cultural like like strangulation at this point. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Um, it's just upsetting. And we get like this. <laughs> we get like this every year. We're super excited to go into what the do. We always end on a low note for the list of films which makes it especially daunting to then go into the obituary section <laughs> oh yeah well let's get to it i guess okay <laughs> i guess that well, was while we're here uh well we're, well we're already in the valley we may as well just stay down here uh i segmented it slightly this year where i actually have seven names up top i'm going to go through that actually connect to our show specifically because we've talked about them um and movies they've been in, and then I have an additional bunch of names that we can go through. And, of course, uh, chime in with anything at the end if, if I perhaps missed someone um, that you're thinking of. But, uh, yeah, so starting off with our show connections, uh, I completely forgot about this, so much so that we didn't even bring it up in the Rocky Horror episode, but Meatloaf did die this year. Oh, in, yeah. Uh, the first half of the year, I had completely forgotten that that happened, or else I would have mentioned it. Yeah, that's, I honestly kind of forgot. Yeah. And I have, I honestly, I don't have any familiarity with him outside of that movie, too. Like, I know of his album, Bad Out of Hell, I remember was uh, something that uh, was talked often about between me and, I guess, my mother. But uh, it's not like I've ever listened to any of his music, so. I can't say I necessarily know that much about the man, so. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. You know, it, not everything is a big uh, story, as they say. But, um... Yeah, so next on the list, uh, we were just talking about uh, this earlier, but Ned Eisenberg passed, which is straight because he he passed almost, I think, a week after we recorded our episode on The Last Man Standing, in which he plays uh, Fredo Strazzi. Mm. And so we had to address it in the next episode because it's like we didn't know or we would have talked about it or something. I think it was something like that. It's like, this guy yeah. just died. It was like, holy shit. <laughs> we missed it. <laughs> and he's not like an extra, you know, he's like an actual actor with actual roles. Yeah. Uh, Don't we have like a couple of those in a row where it's like we talked about it and then like, an actor died? <laughs> uh, potentially. We we definitely had a, a weird have had a weird trend with a couple of things this year. But um, the next uh, he died extremely early in the year. But Ivan Reitman, uh, you know, producer director, especially on things for National Lampoon like Animal House. Uh, but notably for our show, he directed both both uh, Ghostbusters one and two. Oh yeah. And of course, his son Jason Reitman has the reins with the Ghostbusters Afterlife nonsense. 
Uh, he's not directing, <laughs> but I think he's like doing the script or something. Uh, I don't know, but he has his hands all the in same. the pie. Yeah. He's, he's partly responsible. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Joe Turkle, which is not a name that immediately jumped out to me, but he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, particularly, for my knowledge, he was Lloyd the bartender in uh, Kubrick's The Shining. Which, oh, uh, yeah, that guy. It's easy to remember characters in that movie because there's not a lot of them. But uh, for the purposes of our show, he played Dr. Tyrrell in uh, Tyrell in uh, Blade Runner. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, okay. That, that, I was like, okay, I know him from another thing. I know him from another thing. It's Blade Runner. Yes. It's that guy. <laughs> it's it was like of, four the... years ago in the show's, in the history of our show, but yes. Yes. Oh, uh, James Kahn passed away, who's in things like Misery. and He, he, uh, he was uh, primarily in the Godfather films, though. We definitely talked about him. Uh, as a part of uh, that trilogy <laughs> that we did. Oh, yes, episode. yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I remember them. Uh, I forgot about this one, too. It, it kind of slipped past me, but Angela Lansbury died, most famously of uh, Murder, She Wrote. Uh, but for the yep. purposes of our show, Miss, the voice of Mrs. Potts in Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Very upsetting. She sings the def- definitive version of that song. Uh and continuing on the Disney note, this one's going to be a little bit longer because I have more things to say. But in April of this year, uh, Gilbert Gottfried died, which, I mean, famous comedian, tons of stuff for this purpose yeah. of our show, Iago in Aladdin. Um, I was surprised how hard <laughs> him dying actually hit me. Because I had a feeling that one was going to be a big one for you, yeah. I've never really had that with... Uh, a famous person dying in any ways, because it's, it, it's like, I don't know them, you know? I don't personally know this person. I remember, actually, I'm pretty sure the week that Robin Williams died, because I had just gotten, I, I had bad, uh, a bad uh, lower jaw problem. I had a big underbite uh, prior to college, and like a month before I went away to college, I had surgery uh, to correct that, because I was going to have problems. And I actually came out of the surgery, and I remember the news was on, and it was like, Robin Williams died, and I was like, huh, that's strange. That's weird. So that's like one of my first memories of that, (laughs) of coming out of that. Oh dear. I'm pretty sure. Um, But a big part, a a huge part of that, of me recuperating from that surgery is I was trying to find things to do because I was kind of bedridden. I couldn't do a whole lot. And, you know, I I remember blasting through Super Meat Boy for the first time. uh, And that's quickly become one of my favorite games because I can blast through that entire game in like three hours at this point. Uh, Two to three hours. And... It's insane to me. I <laughs> I completely forgot how I stumbled upon it, but I found out that Gilbert Gottfried had just started a podcast with another man named Frank Santo Padre, who I had never heard before, and now I am very familiar with his writing career. And um, they were only on, like, episode 11, because this show started a bit earlier in 2014, and I quickly listened to all the episodes, like, three times as I was laid up post-surgery, and it, his, his podcast, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, very quickly became my go-to show and the first I I am now subscribed to like 15 podcasts that I listen to on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and his was the first and I listened to it weekly it carried me through college every Monday morning with the new episodes and then eventually they did the mini episodes talking about like time travel based shows from the 70s and weird Christmas songs and things you know just all these episodes and that podcast is the reason I know anything about Hollywood post-1990 like at all, I had I had tried and watched some things like Nosferatu, and I already was a fan of 2001: A Space Odyssey at that point. But he and Frank 
his co-host, turned me on to so many things and educated me on so many different facets of Hollywood and lifestyles and different movie recommendations. And it turned me on to people like Peter Bogdanovich and just all these, all these different facets that now feel like a core part of my personality came directly from that show and listening to it up until the final episodes earlier this year. And so I was, I was hit very hard <laughs> by him dying. I was like, Oh my, it didn't feel real for a little bit. You know, it didn't hit yeah. me as hard as like a family member dying, obviously, but it, uh, it, it was definitely strange for a period of time there. And, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I have to say on that. Definitely will be missed. Obviously, the sh that show is not continuing, but it, it is a, a wealth of knowledge, and it's not just cracking jokes all uh, all the time or, you know, talking about Chevy Chase comedy movies or whatever. It is a wealth of information for people that care about entertainment history, whether it be movies, TV, just stand-up comedy, music. It's It's a fantastic source. For things like that and yeah that, that's pretty much all i have to say on that all i really have to say on the subject is that there's a show that um hannah and i watch on dropout which is the um like the college humor folks's streaming service um there's a show called uh, i think it was it's make some noise which is basically just one of their improv shows and one of the things they had was a prompt involving like basically it was basically gilbert godfrey in some particular situation and each contestant has to do a different variation of it and at the beginning of the episode this wasn't long after he had been like he had died at the beginning of the episode they were like um you know we are making this disclaimer noting that there is a piece of, there is a piece of comedy involving like you know impressions of gilbert godfrey and understanding his love of all things tasteless we have not changed any of it thank you <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, okay, deep respect. <laughs> I thought it was really yeah. funny. But apparently, I, guess, I think he had apparently done stuff with uh, with College Humor before, but I'm not sure. Or at least some of the people who had worked on College Humor, so. Oh, he did. He he did College Humor stuff. He did Funnier Die stuff. He he didn't care. You could He would show up in anything. You could pay him $10 and he would show up. He, for anyone that has not seen that documentary on him, Gilbert, which I watched multiple times in college after it came out, it's directed by Neil Berkeley. Uh, it shows a lot about his his life, his career, but it's mostly focused on how he was living at the time and how his life sort of was. And he had to have been the cheapest man in Hollywood. He had long totes under his bed of just hotel soap that he had taken. <laughs> he never bought soap. He never bought towels. He, <laughs> he would take extra food from craft services so he could put it in his fridge at home. He was incredibly cheap and he would do any gig if you if you just paid him for it. Didn't matter what it was. So that's just the, the type of person he was. <laughs> we should all be so lucky to be like that. Yes. Yes. And... All right. Not to be overly maudlin in our death segment. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> celebrate life and, what, and whatnot. Yes. Uh, that is the end of the obituaries for our show connections. I can run through the rest of these and we'll comment where appropriate. I'm sure some more than others. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first one I just mentioned. Uh, when talking about Gilbert, but director Peter Bogdanovich did die. He passed away earlier this year. Directed for things like The Last Picture Show and Paper Moon. Yeah. Uh, fairly prominent. Uh, shortly after him followed, uh, Sidney Poitier ended up passing away. To things, um, uh, what was that movie? Uh, uh, Heat of the Night. Oh, yeah. And, I was trying to be like, um, I, know the, I, know the, I know the movie. <laughs> a movie that we can cover at some point in the future. Guess who's coming to dinner? Uh, he... Oh. That was sort of his breakout performance, uh, was that film. 
And I know they made a remake where it was uh, a white boy coming over to a black family's house for dinner. <laughs> Very, uh, it's a 90s movie, oh. you know. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that sounds about as 90s as you can get. Uh, um, oh, just shortly before Gilbert passed away, we lost Bob Saget, you know, fellow no, comedian. That was a pretty bombshell one. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I think shortly after him, or maybe a little before him, was Louis Anderson, also the comedian. Um, I think I think it was just before. Just before was Louis. Yeah. Which uh, we are we are fairly low on family feud hosts. <laughs> a lot of them are gone now. I think I think someone, someone protect someone protect Mr. Harvey. I think it's just Steve Harvey and uh, John O'Hurley. I'm sure I'm missing one. There's got to be another one in there that's still around, but those are the only two I can think of. Um, uh, we lost William Hurt, actor famous for things like Broadcast News, A History of Violence. Uh, the the first uh well not the first the film version of Lost in Space uh from the 1990s oh yeah that <laughs> everyone's favorite um oh, oh, uh, Matt LeBlanc is in that isn't he among others I think yeah <laughs> <laughs> among other a few other actors uh, um I've I've sort of grouped these two together because it's very strange they both happened to die uh Liz Sheridan passed away uh I mostly know her as playing nosy next-door neighbor Mrs. Uh, Akmonic on ALF, a show that I love for literally no good reason. <laughs> uh, but but she also was Jerry Seinfeld's mom on Seinfeld. Oh. Uh, not too far away from her passing was Estelle Harris, <laughs> who had a very identifiable voice. Uh, I think when I was doing my Disney year, I was when I was watching all those movies, I think she popped up in Brother Bear. And I was like, oh, that's just Estelle Harris out of nowhere for no reason. Um, but at this point, she was probably most famous for playing George Costanza's mother on Seinfeld. So the actresses that real particular bag of snakes on that one. Yeah. The actresses that played both, uh, like two of the main characters, mothers on that show died very close to one another. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, Ray Liotta passed away. That was a shocking one. Was not oh, yeah. That was surprising. That. Yeah. Which I, I guess to be fair, you know, he's been, he's been around for a while. I didn't know he was that old. He was in like his late 60s, I think. Which, yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, isn't that old? But I definitely thought he was younger. But I really shouldn't have. <laughs> I figured he didn't seem like the guy who took it easy on himself. Like It definitely seemed like he was doing a lot of things, so. Yeah. Uh, definitely break out in Goodfellas, but also was in things like Field of Dreams, Operation Dumbo Drop. And he, he played himself in B-Movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, he, he, he plays himself as if he is a maniac about to just have a, a mental break. Which, to be fair, I think in the past he has sort of had moments of that. But, you know, maybe not quite the Robert Downey Jr. levels, but... Eh. Ooh, boy, yeah. Not familiar with the personal life of Ray Liotta, that's, uh, but that is potentially interesting. Uh, okay, we got Philip Baker Hall, who passed away, of course, from things like Boogie Nights, Magnolia, uh, the first Rush Hour movie he was in. Oh, yeah. Uh, as the captain. Uh, th this one, I, I literally pulled for name alone, but Freddie Roman passed away. Uh, Old-time comedian. He honestly wasn't in a lot. He wasn't really in movies or things like that. He was just one of the more famous stand-ups of his time, especially uh, at the roasts, uh, the Friars Club roasts, before they were televised, and they were just mm. a secret club. So I felt I should mention him, even though most probably wouldn't know him from things. Because he didn't really do things like that, but at oh. any rate, uh, Nichelle Nichols passed away. Um, 
she did a lot of things, but her most famous uh, performance was as Uhura on Star Trek. I've never really been a Star Trek person, but I know that that one hit a lot of people who are Star Trek people. Yeah. Which, like, you know, I'm I, I'm definitely not, but, you know, still. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, this one, I mean, not as sad as Gilbert for me, but this one was up there, especially because he, he was sort of a podcast favorite for a while. I think I was watching him and stuff for, like, two months. <laughs> in like 2020 or something like that but uh david warner died mm. david warner passed away uh i guess i should have put him at the top i completely forgot but we actually did cover uh him in tron because he was the villain in tron which i completely slipped my mind until just now oh yeah shit <laughs> but that's because i primate oh and we covered him in the omen what the fuck he was the photographer in the omen i i did not do a good job see i primarily know him for voiceover work in the latter half of his career he was like the Archmagus in Gargoyles, and he was uh, the Lobe in Freakazoid. He he got a lot of mileage out of playing villains, uh, very over the top villains. Um. So yeah, I'm a I'm still a big David Warner fan. Uh, Here. sorry, Mr. Warner, for not putting you <laughs> at the top. Slip no, well, my mind. It happens. Uh, Everett Peck, which uh, I felt I should bring up. He is the creator of Duckman, <laughs> which is one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite properties. Um, primarily the comics and then obviously the television series. So he ended up dying. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Duckman, he also did, uh, he worked at Klasky Dupo for a long time. He did uh, character design work for the Jumanji animated series from the 90s. And uh, he also created Cartoon Network's Squirrel Boy for anyone that remembers that. Somehow I do. It did not do great. I'm well aware. <laughs> I watched it. I could have told you so much. <laughs> oh. Uh, Pat Carroll passed away, um, which uh, she was primarily on TV, did a lot of just one episode appearances on loads of things. But most people will know her as the voice of Ursula in The Little Mermaid. Uh, and I mean, that wasn't just restricted to that movie. She was literally the voice of Ursula in everything up until a Paul Rudish Mickey Mouse short from like last year. Like that was her role. Yeah, I mean, like find one thing and do it well. That's the, yeah. I, I, we should all be so lucky. Yes, if, if only. I know they also replaced the the narrator on the Haunted Mansion ride with her a couple of years. So I guess they're not doing that anymore for obvious reasons. Mm. Oh, uh, Olivia Newton-John passed away, which is unfortunate. Actress and singer, best known for Grease. You have a mixed the... bag of a movie, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if they uh, remake that ever. Oh, they will. I'm fully confident. Um, and by confidence, I mean dreading, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, as always. Uh, Anne Heche passed away, which is also something I completely missed. I don't think I knew that this happened until I was doing research for the list. Uh, but Anne Heche died. Volcano, Wag the Dog, which is a movie I enjoyed, uh, or I remember enjoying. It's about fake war. And uh, she was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. She was in a lot of stuff. And uh, she passed away fairly young. Oh, dang. Yeah. Okay. Little... Sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, I was just clearing my throat and I said, excuse me. Oh, no problem. We're nearing the end here. Uh, Louise Fletcher. Uh, I Honestly, a lot of things that I'm not really familiar with, but I mean, she was the breakout in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest as uh, Nurse Ratched. Yes. One of the greatest Fantastic movie role. villains. Oh, yeah. She won the Oscar for that one, didn't she? I think so. At the very least, she was that... nominated, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Because I know, I know One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's one of the only three films that got one of the, that got the big five. That is... 
best actor, best actress, best screenplay, best director, and best um, best movie. Let's so see. yeah, she definitely would have gotten it. Yeah, Oscar for best actress, and she got BAFTA and Globe and Golden Globe. She won all of those for that role, which is well oh yeah, which extremely well deserved. It's such a good movie. Oh, but speaking of the Oscars, oh god, uh, Sashin Littlefeather died. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, for the uninitiated, um, Sashin Littlefeather famously was the Native American woman that Marlon Brando had. Uh, go up on stage and accept his Oscar win at the 1973 Oscars. And uh, she gave an impassioned speech about, you know, Native American heritage and their land and things like that. And uh, a famous uh, Hollywood legend is that John Wayne was in the crowd and had to be restrained from going up on stage. (laughs) Yeah. Which, like, doesn't shock me at all if that would be true, because honestly, fuck John Wayne. (laughs) Yep. Go listen to our true gift. (laughs) That's all this is. <laughs> yeah, basically. Recommending people to older shows. Basically. <laughs> mm. uh, we're nearing the end here. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis died. Not Jerry Lewis. Well, Jerry Lewis is dead. But Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, musician, yes. piano player, best known for uh, Great Balls of Fire. Very sad. That was a favorite for a long time. Mm. Uh, Coolio passed away. That one, was, that one was surprising, honestly. It was very random. I was like, what? Okay. And you know what? They didn't have an obligation to, but I thought it was kind of weird that the Weird Al movie didn't have a Coolio thing at the end of the credits just because that is such a big part of Al's history and they reference the Amish Paradise song in the movie. Like, that that's actually a plot point. Again, the movie isn't responsible for that. They didn't have to, but I was watching the there credits this- popping, out to the, popping out to the song and I was like, oh, here's where the Coolio thing is going to come in, and then it didn't. <laughs> Yeah, and like they even had like a stand-in for cool. Like they have a bunch of like different actors playing other famous either performers or um, musicians throughout history. They even have him briefly on screen, like I, I don't I, as a stand-in of Coolio watching the Amish Paradise, like watching it angrily. So uh, it's I like, think I uh, that. yeah, it's it's a very it's a very it's a blinking you miss it moment, but yeah. Oh okay. Well yeah, so I get, yeah that was that was weird, but yeah, uh, Coolio died. Very sad. Um, this just happened like a week ago, but uh, Stuart Margolin passed away, and anything I name is not really going to help you because he's one of those, I am everywhere on TV, but he, he he's one of those guys where you look at his face and you're like, oh, I've seen this guy before. He was on things like MASH and Gunsmoke and even his latest 30 Rock. Uh, I think I, I do. I think I recognize his name a little, if, not, if only because half of it's mine. <laughs> yep. oh, wow. I think he's best known for the Rockford Files, though, uh, which is a series I have never seen, but there you go. All right. Oh, Robbie Coltrane passed away, a British actor best known for portraying Hagrid in the Harry Potter series of movies. Yes, that is one of the few saving graces of that series. I was going to say, I've never been a huge Harry Potter fan, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't into the movies when I was a kid, specifically the first three. I even I I saw the second one in theaters, and that's not the first movie I saw in theaters, but it's one of my earliest theater memories is seeing Chamber of Secrets there. And and he Mm. kind of is the character you remember the most from those movies. Just this big little oaf. He's the heart of it, that's for sure. Yeah, so. Oh, uh, this one this one happened a month ago, but I only found out about it today. It happened the day before my birthday. So, no. uh, unbeknownst to me, I'm driving out of town for a, a, a birthday vacation, a small birthday vacation, and famous comedian and fruit aficionado Gallagher had just died. Oh, yeah. Weird they also didn't mention him in the Weird Al movie as well, honestly, because he also shows up. <laughs> 
oh, that's true. With the, I guess it I guess it didn't resonate with me because it's not like Gallagher affected Al's history at all, but he was at that little party. I, I completely forgot about that. Huh. Um, it's a weird movie. It's a very strange movie. A very weird movie. Ha ha, I get it. Uh, <laughs> Kirstie Alley just died. Uh, I think last week or maybe the week before as of recording this, uh, things like Drop Dead Gorgeous. and like, she, she was most famous, I think, for Cheers. I think that was her breakout was uh, on the television show Cheers uh, as Rebecca. Uh, and then I finally... Monsters, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh, finally, I saved this one for last because I figured we both have thoughts on it. It wouldn't just be the Gilbert Gottfried me speaking into a void. Uh, but yes, Kevin Conroy also passed away, I think, the same day as Gallagher. How sad. Yeah, or maybe the day, day after Gallagher. It, it, it was around that time because I remember I was on my birthday vacation eating lunch when I read it on Twitter. So... Yeah. yeah, that one that one hit me surprisingly hard because like I've I've just I've had so many different shows and like games and everything that have him as a voice, and just knowing like just seeing him go and I was like oh that's that's actually really really sad and just like you know just like all the different things about him just looking up more about him like the fact of like you know he was you know confirmed to be the first openly gay person to portray a major comic book character and all these different things and like how like he talked about how like him just kind of being like kind of in like kind of closeted for a long time and like having not been public about it like that went into a lot of his different portrayals and everything and just like it was just this kind of long emotional kind of moment of just like seeing more about him and just seeing all this stuff of like people being genuinely upset about the situation i was like man this this honestly sucks like yeah. I, I haven't been affected by like this since like robin williams <laughs> um i'm sure people have heard it by now especially if they're in the space i don't know where the clip comes from because i it, it's a story that kevin conroy tells about being helping first responders by feeding them during 9-11 yeah. and it's and it's weird because i heard him i heard kevin conroy tell that story on voice actor rob paulson's podcast talking tunes back in college mm. i heard him tell the exact same story but this audio clip that's been circulating is completely different with a different person like interacting with conroy in the background so clearly he's told this story in multiple places um but at any rate i'd like to redirect people to that because it's just a really touching story if you he went to like uh, one of those pop-up kitchens and was making food for first responders after the 9-11 attacks. And yeah. it, it's just him doing the Batman voice for a group of incredulous firefighters and paramedics. <laughs> and it's a very, yeah. uh, it's a very touching story. I, I like that story a lot. Yeah. And it's just like, it killed me. Like whenever like Mark Hamill kind of made a response about it, like saying like, I've lost a brother today and everything. I was like, God, this shit sucks, man. <laughs> it's like, this is like just such a core part of, kind of even our just our generation's kind of childhoods like between the justice league and like you know obviously the original animated series and just all the other things he's appeared in and obviously even outside of batman just his voice talent in general it's just like it was just kind of crazy to see him go and he wasn't terribly old i think he was in his 60s he was like 67 or something i think but it was cancer man it, yeah, yeah that'll do it it is one just... of the it was one of those silent things it was like norm mcdonald when he yeah. when he died from cancer it's like no nobody except the people closest to him knew that there was anything wrong yeah. Because it's not other people's business, but yeah, very. Fair enough. Because then it was really sad because during actually the game, the game awards, um, they released oh. another trailer for like the fucking, it's the Suicide Squad game that I feel like is being, being teased for like five or six years now where it's like, where are y'all at with this? But because at this point it really is just, it's like one of those swarm shooters like Deep Rock Galactic and um, like Vermintide and that sort of stuff. So it's like, I can't imagine what all they're doing, but it actually has him still portraying Batman in it. And it's just this really sweet moment of the last time, like basically the last time of him saying the line, like the whole, like I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. 
And it just ends with them saying, thank you, Kevin, over the screen. I was like, oh, this is the worst, man. Like, can we stop with this already? I'm, I'm dying. And yeah, it's just like, very, I fully didn't expect it. That's very depressing. Especially yeah. for that note to be on a game that has been just torturous for so long. Like, like Yeah, and the fact of... And the fact that it's even establishes in the game that all the Justice League members have been, like, corrupted and are, like, killing people. Like, even in that scene, it has him swoop in and take down a thug. And there's, like, really kind of disturbing sounds of him, like, basically breaking him to death in the background before he just dropped his corpse on the ground. Where it's like, okay, this is kind of a rough final portrayal of this particular Batman, but okay. I... That game has been has been in work for so long. I remember seeing a trailer for it at E3 before the oh, first yeah. Suicide Squad movie came out. And when the movie finally yeah. came out, I was confused because I was like, wait, didn't I, didn't I see a trailer for the game? Where's the game? This is a movie. And for years, without doing research on it because I didn't care enough, I just thought that E3 aired a movie trailer and I had misremembered it. That is how long they have been making this game. Yeah. <sighs> but yes, very... Very sad passing. That one, that one affected me for a while. Yes. Chris Conroy. And that is the end of uh, our little They Remade It In Memoriam segment. For as much as that's worth. <laughs> yeah. As always, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's depressing. Sometimes, sometimes we have more things to talk about, like the year Steven Hillenberg died, and sometimes we have less things to talk about. This was definitely a year with more things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, my goodness so. gracious. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Wow. I didn't expect it to go as long as it has. Yeah, I. I yeah, I rambled for a bit at the top too. As if I bit, haven't. I think two thirds of this has been me rambling. Fair, fair enough. But uh, let's let's try to be a bit more hopeful, I guess. Here at the what is essentially the end of this. This is around the time where we we sort of give our closing thoughts for the year, and we sort of have New Year's resolutions, and those sort yeah. of started out related to the podcast, and then they were just related to media in general, and they've sort of turned into just anything, you know. Any any resolution yes. we have. Mine, thankfully, is a bit more media focused this time around, but kind of in a more general sense. I keep trying to have like things of like, oh, I want to go to the theater more and that sort of thing. I don't know if I will. I can't imagine I will. There aren't a ton of things I've been desperately wanting to go to the theater for. What I do want to do, though, is I want to have more viewing parties at my place. I am slowly building up my group and I'm noting a lot of them haven't seen certain movies and I'm like, okay, I now have a hobby. <laughs> so that's Kind of, I think it's, I'm, I'm wanting to enjoy movies with more people again, because I've been watching a lot on my own, and I think I kind of, the reason I love movies so much is really kind of the interactions with other people that comes with it. And so I think I'm going to do that, and alongside that, I'm going to try to become a bit less jaded. I think I've kind of, <laughs> I have let the, I have let the movie industry as it has been for the last few, well, well okay, the better part of a decade, I, I've let it kind of wick away the more nostalgic and more fun-loving parts of my love of movies. And so I'm trying to kind of get back to that a little because I know the movie industry is crap right now, but there's so many good movies out there. I don't have to, I don't have to be so hard focused on the bad and mainly just because I, it's probably slowly killing me to be so negative. So probably for the best. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of the extent of my resolutions though. I don't really have any other grand things. I think honestly, that's kind of for the best. I, I've, I've tried to do bigger things and like have a bigger kind of philosophical feel to it, but this time around now, nah, I just kind of want to be a bigger person about it. Just, I just, I want to have fun. And I'm going to do it whether I if I have to force myself to do it. <laughs> sometimes that's, I mean, sometimes simple is the way to go. And I mean, as far as what you were saying with like that sort of interaction in regards to movies and things like that, that's really, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I still like doing this show with you is because after watching things, I have like a lot on my mind and it helps to have someone that I can like either talk at 
Ooh. regarding these things like when it's the top of the show or what you know once we get into the meat of it about what we've both been watching we can have a discussion it's like oh finally i've gotten that idea off of my chest because no one else is watching last man standing and yeah. <laughs> none of my friends are going to come over to my place and watch it either like, no one deserves to frankly <laughs> yeah so i i that that's sort of my favorite uh part but yeah as far as resolutions go i'm gonna keep one of the ones that i had last year which was just, I want something new to talk about every week. And I did very good with that this year. I watched less in 2022 than I did in 2021. But I always had something new to talk about that I hadn't seen before. And I I think I need to continue to expand my horizons with things like that. Uh, whether they're little known B-movies or just, you know, heavy hitters that have just sneaked by without me watching them. Uh, so I want to keep doing that. And I, I want to read more. It, it, because after after high school into college, I didn't read a lot because I didn't have to anymore because I wasn't being forced to by the school, which is a story for a lot of people, I'm aware. Uh, but junior year of college, I started reading again, and I found a new love of entertainment history-related biographies, perhaps influenced by that Gilbert Gottfried podcast, and I read books pretty frequently up until I think 20 late 2019 possibly. And then I fell off of it again. And I, I want to get back to that. And maybe every now and again on the show at the top, I'll be like, yeah, I played this game. Uh, I watched this movie and I've been reading this book, you know, really have a mixed diet. Yes. <laughs> it's like, God knows I need to mix mine up a little, which now I just kind of want to show some of, I, I, you said that sense of man, I, I, I'm not going to invite someone over to watch last man standing. Some of the folks I'm getting to know, I'd absolutely love to invite them over to watch Last Man Standing. So I might start doing that. <laughs> to start having just really weird movie nights. I mean, I, w- Dang, I, I wish I had a core group of friends that I could do that with anymore. But I just I just don't. Especially like, um, like some of the conversations I overhear at other cubicles in my office, like, drive me crazy. Like, mm. just people explaining the plot of Grandma's Boy to other people. I'm like, one, are we really I... doing this here? And t- <laughs> And two... But these are not the people that want to be watching anything with me. So, I do fully recommend the what I the main app I used honestly was Bumble, and that's how I met people. It is a shotgun approach, and you will find mostly weirdos. But all you need to find is one really earnest person you can identify with, and you're good. <laughs> I promise. You can there there is the there is a specifically a function on it for just finding friends. But I used like the relationship side because the friend version was always kind of janky. Um, I literally just said in there, not looking for a thing. Just looking to hang out with people, and that got me some results. <laughs> so, I might. I, I have a decent chunk of friends still that I actively communicate with, but you're you're living proof of it. All of my mm. friends do not even live in the same state as me. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a little. Yeah, I, I, that was my main crux of finding new people here. I was like, I need to have people to go outside the house for. Right. It's like no, I still don't worry. I still like my online friends, and I still like having like online nights. But you know, sometimes you want to see people. Oh, yeah, no, you need the physical stuff. You don't want to turn into, well, Reddit mod, essentially. No, 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 no. That's a dangerous path. It's about as most dangerous of a path as you could do in the modern era. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, what a year. <laughs> it does not feel like it's almost over, and yet here we are. It, it doesn't, it doesn't. Like we were saying two hours ago, good lord, with like Space Jam. Jesus. It's like, was Space Jam really this year? Oh, part God. of me believes it, but part of it, part of me doesn't. It's just different aspects of looking at the year, you know. It, it, 
in certain quantities it was a really long year and then in others it just flew by it depends on how you measure it yeah i moved this year so that took up the bulk of my mental capacity for a while but now i'm kind of settled in it's like well now what <laughs> I guess the answer is go. The, the answer is apparently lots of trivia nights with new friends. So Ooh. there's a shocking amount of trivia nights around here. It's weird. That's fun. Yeah, but hey, like go to places with decent drinks. So <laughs> that's all we want for in life. Some really obscure questions and a thing to drink alongside it. <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of the extent of what I can get out about the year. I, I'm sure I could find some more vitriol deep within me, but you know what? If the resolution is to be a bit less jaded, I should probably start now. Yep. I Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. I think that uh, with my recording reaching two hours and 50 minutes, we've uh, probably overstayed our welcome, as we usually do. Yes. But, you know, it happens. You, if you're still listening, you're a, a good friend to us, I'm sure. Yeah, hit me up on Bumble. <laughs> In nondescript location. Yes. <laughs> Although we still are just kind of like tiptoe around it, despite that. It's probably pretty easy to find out where each of us is, but I don't know. Oh, I mean, probably. I, I may have even mentioned my own once or twice. I, I don't do it directly because why would I? But I'm also not particularly shy, I guess. So yeah. I've mentioned I'm in the South, so that's that's enough, at least. Yeah. <laughs> not too hard. Uh, yeah. But <sighs> yes, I do think I think that'll do us for the year. And obviously, as always, we'll have a. Nice little break before things get going again, but we'll be back at you in, I think, either early February or late January. I have no idea. Yep. It'll be early February. We'll re we'll record it in late January, but you guys will be hearing it yes. at the top of February. The procession of time and whatnot. Oh, it makes fools of us all. Uh, make it, it makes hunger of us all, because I've realized now, oh yeah, dinner is a thing. Oh yeah, I need to eat too. It's almost nine o'clock oh. here. Hmm. Hmm. It's well past nine o'clock here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's more details about where we live. Uh oh. <laughs> okay, so one is one hour. One is one hour separated from the other. <laughs> what have we done? So if someone's able to slowly piece together like some like Moriarty level conspiracy, then I guess credit to you. I don't know. Listening to podcasts like JFK, like reviewing the Subtruder film. <laughs> Back into the south. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't come on. We can't top that. Yeah, well, that's I think I think we've I think we've done it for the year. It sucks that we haven't done that film. <laughs> Not the Zapruder <laughs> film, like the actual like, the film oh, okay. JFK like, with, with, Kevin, they... with Kevin Costner. Okay. I was like, yeah, we'll do the Zapruder film, compare it to... Yeah, no. What? <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I, I... Okay, yeah, no, that, that, we definitely won't top that. Uh, I, I, we both, and I and both of us and all many as we can wish you a very happy rest of the year and a happy new year to you. Yeah, so long. Have a good night. <laughs>